the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, here we are on a Tuesday, and for me, this is kind of my middle of the weekday because I won't be here on Friday because it's a holiday for Good Friday, mm-hmm. and Shane Stacks is going to come in and fill in, so we'll have a live and fresh show for you uh, to listen uh, to. But today, the uh, power panel is in. They'll be here until 4, 4 o'clock. Well, I'm not going to say that. I'm going to make a phone call <laughs> during the next break just to make sure uh, that I'm correct. Um, I'm, I got to make a call. And then at five o'clock, the Bible guys are going to be here. They're going to talk about Passover, uh, today, which is, uh, uh, you know, for the, for the folks that are Jewish, it's a big deal. Uh, we have Easter, they have Passover. We'll talk about it, uh, in the uh, five o'clock hour. I want to say thanks to everybody who went to the Dave Ellswick show on facebook.com yesterday uh, to uh, tune into the show. Uh, we had, uh, during the time that Jan Morgan was on, we had over a thousand viewers to that live, uh, piece that Woo-hoo! we were doing yesterday. And that's, that's, that's a lot of people. I mean, it is, that's a lot of people watching and we appreciate it. There were a lot of shares going on. Uh, I'm glad that you're, you're taken to the cameras being here in the studio. Are we on? Is it working? Cam got it up. Great. Cam, good job. I know he's listening. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a little bit of uh, technical problems <coughs> as we were getting started. And Cam, our man up in uh, northwest Arkansas, I, I was watching uh, this, the system, and I kept seeing this little uh, arrow floating around and clicking <laughs> on things and moving things around. And it's it's working now because I can look over, and I, I see myself. I'm going to be waving, and then. You can see the back of the head to the power panel. Hmm. So they're, they're, they're all here today ready ready to talk. So, guys, to start it off, this is the first time we've been together since uh, they had the big uh, march in Washington and other places uh, dealing with uh, gun rights. You know, kids saying, you know, march for our lives or whatever they're calling it. They call it the anti-human rights march. You know, they were out... Uh, doing their thing and i i kind of laughed when i read the article uh with the managing editor of 17 magazine how she was trying to to uh tie that march that happened this weekend together with the vietnam war which did not have you know people behind it that had a gazillion dollars to fund the whole thing like um, apples and oranges. Yeah, the lady, the lady that helped put all, all put it all together is the producer of Dancing with the Stars, and I, I forget some other different shows that are on television. She worked with one of the big talent agencies in Hollywood that has like George Clooney and other people um, uh, on their list of uh, people that they work for, and and they were so we can uh, be donating. Sure tens of thousands of dollars to the cause and things of that nature. Because let me just, let's be honest, high school students in a matter of two weeks 
would not be able to pull the money together to make something like that work. Um, and it was a bunch of shadowy uh, groups that are doing it. You know, they always talk about the NRA. Look, the NRA, the, the money they get comes from members, people like me. And I know RD is a member. You've been a member of it. Uh, I'm not. You are not. Our right? family is. You know, I mean, uh, we send. I send my money in every year to them. And that's where they get their, quote, $5 million. <laughs> uh, I'd like to know, and they don't have to report this, because uh, the 501, it was not a C3. It is a, um, I forget what exactly the designation is. C4, I but, thought. Yeah, I think it's it's something like, it's one that you can't yeah, take. Yeah, it's 501 C4, Dave. C4, that you cannot take, you can't take a tax credit for. And that, they did that specifically. Why? Because now they don't have to report who gave money to them no transparency whatsoever none zero nil you know just doesn't happen if you're 501 c3 you have to be transparent about that it's it's unfortunate that both sides get to use 501 c4 organizations and on the conservative side i sure don't necessarily want the conservative political groups that are c4s having to publicize all their donors well, you know what? I'm, you understand what I'm saying here is that they tried to make this look like the kids put it all on. It was not a the grassroots movement. No, this is not a grassroots no, movement. It's not, and this. it wasn't the kids that did it. And that's what bothers me the most. So, is it was it was portrayed that way. I was reading an article before we came on to Elizabeth. Uh, CNN had one of the quote student journalists from that uh, school in Parkland, Florida, and asked uh, one of the journalists, well, you know, um, you're a journalist, but you seem to be an activist. And they said, well, to be a good journalist, you have to be an activist. <laughs> no. No. That's no. Not what it's, I've argued this point till I'm, you know, blue in the face. That's the one thing that has been changed about journalism over the last 30 years that never ever existed when I was in school, you were an objective reporter of fact. You were not an activist. And that's because it's the leftists that are teaching the young folks what quote-unquote journalism is supposed to be. That's their idea of what it's supposed to be. That's not what it is. At least the kid was honest, huh? Well, she didn't know she was saying She gave it away. She gave it away. Yeah, it was an article that it, She told it said the secrets. She told the truth. And uh, and no one in the media will go out oops. and say something like that. But it's true. You're taught now in journalism to find a story that you have an emotional connection to <laughs> and go out and prove it. And, you know, when we were in school... That was exactly what we were warned against is when you are emotionally connected, you have to work very hard at making sure you're reporting everything accurately. In fact, you should turn down the story if you're emotionally invested. I I thought they're supposed to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. (laughs) That's what we were told. That's what I was taught. That's what Elizabeth was taught. That's what we were taught. And uh, not anymore, evidently. Now it's, as this girl said, I need to give a voice to the voiceless. No, the way you give voice to the voiceless, if there's something to be given there, is you tell both sides of the story. 
And let the people decide. Absolutely. Let your reader decide at this well, point. For, for some reason, it seems like we give extra credibility to people who have a very strong emotional attachment to some issue. I see that the, at the Capitol a lot is that it seems like the people who are personally invested in various different issues, they they seem to get more they get more um, attention with these different issues, whether it's somebody who receives a particular welfare program or maybe they're a government official or maybe they're a um, they're some type of a, they're some in some way connected to the to the to the, to the free gifts of our money that's going out to them, and, and somehow they get um, treated like they're a more credible witness, and their testimony is more important than than me, the taxpayer, who's having to pay for that garbage. Well, I tell you what, as a small business person showing up when they want to grow government and add more regulations, which in recent years in Arkansas, or maybe the last 20 years, it seems like they always want to do is grow government, more regulations, and more state jobs seems to be the, the motto up there. But when you show up as a business owner, the person that has to adhere to the regulations, the person that has to pay the fees, the person that has to get the certifications, you're not vested because uh, they're not getting anything from you. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you got the, it. the people that are invested, no, they they get the money from you. <laughs> they want the votes for the people that are lining the stairwell over there at the Capitol. Well, they're in the, in the lobbyists as well. Are, are they're they're connected and they can they're good at convincing people and maybe they're donating money to the, to the right campaigns. And and so if you're not if you're not paying a lobbyist to to get up there and and keep them from violating your rights, sometimes I'm, I'm afraid it's it's hard to to keep your rights. Like on park testing, I showed up to talk about the terrible tests that they were giving my kids and all the kids in the state. And there must have been, I don't know, 10 superintendents there, 50 or 70 teachers from all the teachers groups that that showed up, which all teachers don't agree with. If, if any teachers showed up to talk against it, they'd be looking for a job. Yeah, they, better, they should be but, wearing a so mask. Yeah, they were told that. So I was testifying against state employees and, and teachers and people and, and superintendents that are getting part of this money from the federal government and like i didn't get any consideration at all on that of course finally it did get killed but uh seems like it's kind of a conflict of interest for them to even be down here testifying seeing as they're, they're working for the government and 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 they're it's liable to directly affect their own personal finances and why should they have much credibility anyway since they're they're personally benefiting from it, that's and, it, and so you and, and on top of the fact that are they on state time while they're down here lobbying against your rights? Well, <laughs> shoot, yeah, they do every. There's lots of things that's done on state time that's against the state constitution, but it seems when, to when happen did, anyway. When did that matter? <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, they're there to tell the elected officials they need to take more money from you that you can give to them, and they're telling them that. Uh, and we appreciate the money that the uh, taxpayers are giving us to be down here <laughs> to take more money. Um, <laughs> and by the, by the way, if you don't, it's really crazy. If you don't I, keep I was there on send, the t- by, the, by the way, if we don't keep sending the money in, we go to jail. Yeah, I was there on the tire bill, and whenever they were wanting to grow government on the tire bill, of course, I've I've heard from the inside they've already hired four people at seventy thousand dollars a year to help manage it, and. Uh, and among other people, but I was if you can get it, yeah, yeah. job ready, huh? Yeah, that's right. Nephews and and you know how that works, nephews and cousins and in laws. But I was sitting there saying this is more regulation, 
It's more fees on the people. It's going to hit people that buy used tires and the poor people more because they change more tires than everybody else do. So you're hitting the college students. You're hitting the people that make minimum wage. You're hitting the people that are struggling with your new uh, large government, you know, Obamacare on tires. And the lady that was directing the meeting said, well, within the next five years, we want no tires going to landfill in the next five years. And I said, hey, if tires go going to landfill and they're cutting quarters, they don't hurt the landfills for number one. And number two is this is a, a mandate that has to be funded by taxpayers that has no benefit to taxpayers. And what about some of these and, uh, What about some of these small business guys? That I, I've got a tenant right now who's got a very, very small tire shop. He, I think he only deals in used tires, not a real sophisticated fella. But I suspect this kind of a bill – is liable to hurt him. He's liable to get in trouble because he won't be able to actually comply. Because it won't. It's hey, going to be one of those things. It's liable to be one of those things where it's just going to be a major hardship on these really small operators. Hey, that's who they're after. The big tire stores are all for it, and and all the the government's all for it because they got more jobs to, to hand out to the to their to the you know their relations. The yeah. So there's more jobs. There's more state money, and as you can do by the ta- the the tax task force has come up and find out you know we need millions of more state taxpayers dollars as a base right 867 i think yeah, it we was. figured that out last week 867 we? million plus you get them from the tires and, and get everything else we don't, we don't we don't have a spending problem we have a revenue problem apparently but, but uh but i tell you when you show up <laughs> as a small business owner and a taxpayer and and, and you're talking against you know, all the, the big businesses and, and Blue Cross and Blue Shield or whether it be uh, uh, whoever, you know, it, it's you feel like a voice crying in the wilderness. If you're not greasing the right palms. Helps yeah. on the way. <laughs> Helps on the way. Well, I still we're, want we're to know. I'm serious. We're Helps from, on we're the from way. The government. We're from the task, tax force, somebody has to answer. The Governor Hutchinson says that he plans to propose cutting the state's top income tax rate 6.9 to 6%. That will cost $180 million due to the 2019 regular session. But as we talked about, if they go along with what the tax task force, <laughs> I got to say it slow. If you don't say it slow, your tongue gets in front of your eyes. have to watch how I say it or it comes out something There you go. If 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 you get all that money as you were just talking about, Artie, it's eight hundred and sixty two million dollars minus a hundred and sixty million. Well that leaves six hundred and something million dollars left over. If that's the case, where are they suggesting that money go? Or do they not say oh, they'll, they'll find infrastructure? They just, they'll they find say, something to use it for. Well, no, I know Obama that they care. are, but we need to know what it is being used for. Oh, I mean, that's, that's I couldn't agree. imperative that I, we know. I couldn't but, agree more, but, you know, now these Republicans will probably go in history as down. They'll, they'll be known. And I've seen the establishment show up at Republican meetings and, and meetings and say, we have lowered taxes more than any other group of people in the history of state of Arkansas. And everybody stand up and give them a, a standing ovation That's but part, the other part half truth. of the story is we've raised taxes and regulations yeah. more than any other group so, in the, in the yeah. state of arkansas so uh, there's a benefit to being able to tout 
half of the story and slip the other part. It's just like I sat down with a veteran the other day and said, hey, he said, I really helped lobby to, to get that uh, retirement tax cut. And I said, well, I, I appreciate you uh, lobbying to get tax cut, but do, do you know they added three on the other side? He said, well, I knew they added one to like the soft drink syrup, but I didn't know about the, the rest of them. So well, was he was he okay with that? Well, he said, well, I really don't mind the soft drink one, but I don't know about the computer download and the candy. Did you, did and, you, and did the you ask him why it didn't bother him about the soft drink tax? Yeah. Yeah, he said that stuff's not good for you anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, nothing against him, but, you know. Uh, well, no, I see, I beg to differ. I argued right, exactly. this point. Being a vet, I, I argued this point that no veteran, retired or not retired, should be smiling that you got a tax break on the, on the backs of your fellow citizens. That's ridiculous. Should never have agreed to it. You could have pushed back and said, no, 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 no. Don't do it that way. Don't charge it to somebody else. We'll go, go in and let's cut government and make it right. happen. That's the way it should. But when you saw the paper, to your point that I'm making right here, the reason I brought that up, when you brought the paper and said, we're going to cut the top tax bracket, it's going to be just like the veterans deal. They're going to charge four times more somewhere else. But you won't read that in a Democrat. The governor's on the front page with the veterans, and they're all talking about how they just lowered the taxes for the veterans. You didn't see the governor up there with with uh, with his accountant figuring out how they're going to spend the rest of the money <laughs> that they draw. And the other money that the, uh, the veterans will bring in uh, once right. this really gets – situated in the state it's actually a positive tax cut you know it's amazing that they did a study on this and after five years the veterans create more money by staying in arkansas what a theory they lowered taxes and raised income in five in five years do you think that same system might work for the rest of us probably so 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 don't don't expect them to tell you that i heard you guys the other day talking about this and here's the thing and I didn't understand this till it was explained to me. We get a tax cut, whether it's partially, you know, just for the veterans or for other people. An income tax cut puts dollars back in your pocket, right? Right. Right? Right. So even on $1, let's say $1, put $1 back in your pocket because you didn't have to pay it for taxes. That means you got that dollar in your pocket that you can go out there on, in, you know, the grocery store or wherever and buy something. Right. Where you didn't have that dollar before. Right. Now, yes, it's true that your taxes on the soda that you just went to the grocery store to buy may have gone up a little, mm, five cents off that dollar, let's say, just for sake of numbers, because I don't do math really well. You still got 95 cents in your pocket that you didn't have before. And if all these veterans have those 95 cents in their pockets, then we have more money in our state flowing around being spent. I was like, oh, Okay, I start to see the picture now. All right, got to get a break in. Power panels in. They're going to be here at 4 o'clock. It's the Dave Ellswick Show, 96.5 FM, The Answer, but soon to be 101.1 FM starting, uh, well, midnight on (laughs) Sunday night. But it will be, you'll really know what I I suggest probably on Monday. Sunday morning, Morning, midnight, Sunday night. But the bottom line, on Monday, you'll really know it because you'll be coming back to listen. <laughs> All right. I don't know what you listen to on Sunday. Most people don't listen to us on Sunday. You'll listen to us on Monday, and you'll find us at 
FM, brighter and reaching farther past Conway will go. Paul, you'll be able to listen to us in Greenbrier. That would be kind of cool. Like I, sometimes my own family can hear me, can't hear me on the radio. Well, they will now. They will now. We did it just oh, they do for them. All right, back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We got just a few moments here for me to talk to RD about Sonny's. I've been telling people about they should go get the big items from you because they save a lot of money. Yeah, we've. We have had a lot of people taking you up on it. We've been real busy. Business you got is, a lot is of calls? very good right now. We've got a lot of calls coming in. We're selling a lot of motors and transmissions and a lot of one-year, two-year, and three-year warranties on key, them. And, and, uh, unlimited mileage. Unlimited mileage. And uh, we've been we've been fixing a lot of people up so they don't have to pay full coverage insurance or make car payments every month. All right. When we come back, I'm going to talk more about this with you. Here on the Dave Ellswick Show, time for Todd Starnes. Let's hear what he has to say. All right, so I was talking to Sonny. Sonny. I was talking about Sonny's with RD. <laughs> there, we get it right. And uh, he was saying that a lot of people now are coming to understand that if you can keep the car you have running, and let's say to replace a motor, it's going to cost you the equivalent of a couple car payments. Why not do the couple car payments and then you don't have to worry about the other 10 months that you'll not have a car payment because you're going to save that money. That's going to be yours, correct? That's correct. You can maybe make three car payments on an engine or a transmission or installation, and you're still way ahead if you get one of our extended warranties, one, two, or three-year extended mm-hmm. warranties, unlimited mileage, then you know it's going to be a good investment because you won't have to worry about it for that length of time. And the money on insurance, when you buy a new car, insurance is not cheap either no it is (laughs) it's not at all because you know my problem is i always buy the really cool sporty new car and that's always more expensive and have to pay more insurance you better believe it i've got my insurance down now where i'm i'm paying just a little over 150 dollars a month well so see that's what we do at sunny's we try to keep your keep your existing car running so you can get less insurance and no car payments. The best time to drive a car is when you're not having to make payments. That's only. right. <laughs> you're exactly right. So where do people call to talk uh, to the They can RD. call at 1-800-482-9985 or here in Little Rockets, 982-7451. What should, they, Auto what should they know when they call you? That's probably a good question to ask, I think. Well, it's always helpful if you know your VIN number of your car. Mm-hmm. If you have the VIN number of the car, then we can get the year, make, and model off the VIN number, and we'll know what engine and what transmission you have. So if you'll pull out your, your insurance card or just anything out of the glove box and give us your VIN number, we have the technology to use that VIN number to get the information we need to get you the right part. All right. Keep that, on, on, uh, you know, keep that in mind. Know that, uh, you know, RD is like – Zuckerberg, he knows everything about you. <laughs> That's not a good thing. <laughs> hey, he, by the way, he's going to he's no, going to testify. Car. Yes, he's going to testify in Washington. He said he would never testify. He's going to sit his little hiney down in front of a a Senate panel and going to answer questions. Is he going to act like Shkreli did? I don't know. That'd be the fun part. It would not be a good idea to start acting like you're not going to answer him and kind of throw them up the the bird or something that would not be smart or laugh when you're testifying in front of congress and when you get sentenced to what was it seven years you're crying in yeah, court i yeah. mean really i, I still remember the oliver Hoover's. north trials and, and them bringing in the 
uh, Oliver North and all the people that worked with him through all that. So uh, that was something to be able to watch that. Yep. And Oliver North never went to jail. Never went to jail. No. Never went to jail. Well, I just don't. There's nothing to tie him to a lot of that stuff. I just don't think a full page newspaper ad, I'm sorry. It's going yeah. to get it. No. <laughs> Condoleezza Rice was amazing under pressure. I tell you what, that she's sharp. She don't, she's sharp. She don't crack, does she? No, no. She looked like she was just sitting there watching TV with <laughs> answering the questions. She didn't even break a sweat. So no, That's the way Gene Kirkpatrick tough. was, too. When you have nothing to hide. Yeah, I, if you've I, been telling the truth all along, yep. you have nothing to Why hide. Should you work? Well, in, in this world, you can get in trouble for even that anymore because... <laughs> I was hoping that someday that Condoleezza Rice would run for president. After seeing her under fire with Congress under that, I thought, hey. She wants to be NFL commissioner. NFL commissioner. Does she really want (laughs) to be? Yeah, she does. She wants to do it. Hey, she could play NFL. She could probably do a good job. I bet she should be a coach. Hey, she could be. Although you make more money. Make more money as commissioner. No doubt about that. Yeah, absolutely. She's amazing. All right. So let's go back to what we were talking about when we first started today. As you watched what happened over the, the weekend with the, the anti-gun stuff that was going on, you know, my heart kind of broke because it shows me beyond a shadow of a doubt, our schools have not done their jobs in teaching. Back in the day, it was called civics. Maybe when you took it, it was called government. That's what it was called when I had it. Social studies. We had to do a whole hour uh, daily on uh, on government. Now, I was lucky enough, I tested out of it because he, uh, Mr. Petron gave everybody a test, 100 questions about government, you know, what age could you be to be a senator and all that kind of stuff. And I got 99 of them right. So he said, Ellswick, there's no reason for you to sit in class and be bored. He says, so we'll put you on independent study, and that's how I ended up writing a paper about Unigov in Indianapolis which was very interesting. And the uh, Val Victorian also tested out of the class. And and, uh, and I forget what she wrote about. You know, we were both conservatives, so it was I, we may have drove Petra nuts. I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> we did that. But at least they taught that stuff uh, back in the day. We had You had a whole year of government. You had a whole year of economics. And now I talk to parents that have kids in school, and they said, my kids in sixth grade, they haven't even broached the subject with them yet. You know, they, sh- they should start teaching that in kindergarten. We had Arkansas history in fifth grade when I was in school. We had a, we had a six months of Arkansas history. Okay. So, I mean, they don't even do that anymore. They don't even do that anymore. Well, the, I guess the bottom line is, why can't you start, like, when the kids are in, in kindergarten, and saying, and just show them the Constitution and say, this is what designates what we can and can't do in our country. Maybe they this don't. is an important document. <laughs> Maybe they don't want them to know what the government's well, not allowed I'm, to do. Well, I'm agreeing with, I know, I understand what you're saying. I mean, saying. we, we got to have a law to allow and... In God We Trust to be put on the walls of the school. We may have to have a law. I'm and sorry. I think we did have one. At this point, I think it's, I think it's false advertising. <laughs> Well, that's yeah, the reason that no. Paul was homeschooled, and that's the reason that my two kids were homeschooled. My kids were homeschooled at, at their youngest age. My 13-year-old still is, but my 18-year-old went back to be involved in ROTC. But I think we've got him grounded enough in the Constitution and American history. You know, 
what's sad to me is is how easy these kids are to brainwash and how easy they are just to be told one narrative mm-hmm. and not being able to look at both the sides of the issue well, the when they're that. never taught they can uh, do that of course there may be just as many kids that are conservative the only ones we were seeing if there was two marches you know the fake news we'd only hear about one of them <laughs> well, I, and I, I texted dave yesterday i saw a call on twitter over the weekend for a second amendment was it second amendment second amendment march on the 14th of april you know every state capital let's mm-hmm. see what happens <laughs> well probably not as big as what these high school kids because most of the people that would come out for that are, are real going, are going to be people that are working and they're real people. They're yeah. not grassroots astroturf that was paid by George Soros to show up. Did you all see the article today about what John Paul Stevens said? You used to be on the Supreme Court. You remember John Paul Stevens, right? Betcha. Rarely in my lifetime have I seen the type of civic engagement school children and their supporters demonstrated in Washington and other major cities throughout the country this past Saturday. These demonstrations demand our respect. (laughs) They reveal the broad public support for legislation to minimize the risk of mass killings of school children and others in our society. The support is a clear sign to lawmakers to enact legislation prohibiting civilian ownership of semi-automatic weapons, increasing the minimum age to buy a gun from 18 to 21, and establishing more comprehensive background checks on all purchasers of firearms. But the demonstrators should seek more effective and more lasting reform. Get ready, here it comes. They should demand a repeal of the Second Amendment. And that was a former Supreme Court justice. Tells you everything you need to know. Well, if we had Hillary Clinton, we'd have more people on the Supreme Court like that. So his reasoning is... Because they're kids, because there was a large number of them, and because they're highly emotional. So let's see. I was part of the Tea Party movement. There were large numbers of us. We were highly emotional. We weren't kids. I guess that's the difference. Yeah, that must be the that difference. That must be the difference. You know, for over 200 years after the adoption of the Second Amendment, it was uniformly understood as not placing any limit on either federal or state authority to enact gun control legislation. During the years when Warren Burger. May I say that Warren Berger was the most liberal, liberal. Oh, God. chief justice ever on the Supreme Court. Uh, and Ginsburg beat. Eisen, Eisenhower, uh, to his deathbed, wished that he had never put him on the court. He was, he was the chief, uh, chief justice. I take it back. Uh, who was it? Was it? Who was it put him on there? Was it Johnson? Uh, maybe Warren. Warren may have been put on. He's put on by Republican. I'm almost positive of that. And then he moved up to chief justice. Anyway, you know, he was, uh, it's amazing what, what this, what this guy says. Um, no judge federal (laughs) or state, as far as I am aware, expressed any doubt as it to the limited coverage of the second amendment. Yeah, oh, because am I just, glad you're not on the Supreme Court anymore. Your, your nominator just, was Richard Nixon. Nixon, thank you. Because they just didn't respect right. the Constitution. W- when has the Supreme Court actively supported all of the Constitution? Has they're there ever been a time? It. They're rewriting it. Back, the back in the 30s and 40s, 
you had you had we we got um, what is known as um, Wickard v. Filburn. It was a case where the where the federal government basically gave, or the Supreme Court basically gave the federal government the right to do almost anything and everything economically, where, where they could regulate. Whereas we have constitutional authority for for regulating commerce, interstate commerce, as I understand it, but th- they just, they redefined it as anything that affects interstate commerce. I'm sorry, the the fact that I wear tennis shoes of one brand versus another affects interstate commerce. It is none of their business. What we do, the fact that you you maybe grow grow tomatoes in a flower pot in your front porch affects interstate commerce. It is none of their business. But they've decided that they can they can. Um, Regulate things that, st- that go on within a state and never leave the state. Well, Young uses an argument that uh, many Supreme Court justices who have left the court uh, use. He says, in 2008, the Supreme Court overturned Chief Justice Berger and others' long-settled understanding. Okay, so there you have it. They're long Settled under their long-standing understanding, not what did the Constitution say, but this is what we thought. This is how we would rule, and how dare you rule against us in the District of Columbia versus Heller? That there was an individual right to bear arms. He says proudly in this article. I was among the four dissenters. That decision, which I remain convinced was wrong and certainly was debatable, has provided the NRA with a propaganda weapon of immense power. So would he also come down on the side of the fact that the free speech is not an actual individual right? It's just a right of the government? I have no idea, Paul. You have to ask him about that. I can just tell you what I'm reading right here. I tell you what, there's a such thing as original intent, and you don't have to go back to Thomas Jefferson and read and dig very deep, and uh, or very, Washington or, or Washington Adams or any of those guys. You can go back and find the original intent, and the original intent also, and besides protecting your family and and your property and ensuring your freedom, is to protect you from your own government if it gets out of control. That is part of the original intent also. Nobody but, wants to talk about that, but, but it coming, is there. But coming from, from one who, who was on the branch of government that is badly out of control, what do you expect? The Supreme Court has been badly out of control for a long time. And, and we don't have Congress that actually has the guts to go in there and actually clean house in the, in the Supreme Court, that cesspool known as the Supreme Court. They need to be impeached. I'm sorry that when they just stand up and 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 wipe their behinds with a constitution, they need to be impeached. Right, here's what else he says: overturning that decision, Washington D.C. versus Heller, via a constitutional amendment to get rid of the Second Amendment, would be simple. I have to tell you this this is a man suffering from dementia if he (laughs) thinks that the second amendment can be overturned simply i mean you're looking at two-thirds and three-quarters right and i don't want to sound dramatic states and three-quarters of the votes go ahead go ahead Uh, if they start this operation i just don't think it's going to go well i think it may lead to some real serious activity in the streets well here's the thing pass the amendment getting rid of the second amendment 
and then go out and try to get the gun. You want to see a new civil war That's in America? That's what I'm saying. I didn't want to say that. There's a good possibility of that. It will, it will be bloodshed everywhere. You know it. That's what I'm speaking of. I didn't kind of want to go this, there. But this yeah, is not I, Australia. I'm, People I'm not aren't going to bring their guns in and just sit uh-huh. them on somebody's no. uh-uh. uh, desk and walk no, away. not going to happen. No, this is where your elected officials really come down to being important when it comes down to your county elected officials, which is very important because that's the most local. Uh, that's and, your sheriffs. And, yeah, you got your sheriffs in your cities. People, when we start talking about this, this is how important that you know who you're electing as your as your local police and your local leaders right. and make sure that you've got somebody that's willing to stand up. How many of us do have a sheriff that's actually willing to stand up and tell the feds to get out of his county? Right. Yeah, I hope we don't find out. Here we go. Let's take a break. We'll be back with more. Dave Ellswick Show, 96.5 FM, The Answer. That's a topic that's really, really serious got more coming your way in a moment yeah this kind of stuff really does uh worry me when you have a former uh supreme court justice advocating shouldn't surprise for getting rid of the the second amendment or any amendment to the constitution at this time just uh disturbing it it stuns me to be honest and so we will uh we'll see how that's all gonna come out and if anybody's gonna hang you know, hang their wagon on the, uh, you know, on the star of uh, a former uh, Supreme Court justice. John Paul Stevens says, and he said this in the New York Times, what a big surprise, um, (laughs) repeal the Second Amendment. Have you heard a word from that man in how many years? I haven't. I mean, he left, what, 2009? It's been about nine years. Again, if it doesn't tell you there's a leftist machine I don't know what does. You haven't heard from him in years. No, no. Well, look, he's going to come out and talk about this. I was excited just over the weekend when I heard that President Trump had uh, brought uh, John Bolton into his cabinet again. I got all excited. I got all excited about that, which I thought was cool. And then I heard over the weekend that Jimmy Carter chimed in and said, that was a terrible thing to do. It was ridiculous to put John Bolton in the cabinet, you know, did you, did you hear all of that, uh, mm-hmm. Elizabeth? I mean, I, you never hear from Carter hardly at all. And, you know, he's got a new book coming out. That's part of this, you know, about his faith and how it saw him through. Uh, and I, I'll read it because I believe the guy is a really a, a serious Christian follower of Christ. I believe he's tried to, he's tried to do what he thinks that Jesus wanted him to do. And I'm all about that. It just he just gets him on the wrong side of political issues. Don't understand well, that. There's some people that pick and choose, and not to start anything, but there's some people <laughs> that pick and choose what they want to take out of, of the Constitution of the United States of America. The Constitution is is complete from start to finish, and you can't pick and choose what you like out of it and what you don't like out of it. And it's a lot like God's Word. God's word is a complete unit is divinely delivered and divinely sealed. You can't pick and choose what you want or what you don't want out of it. It's a whole package and you got to take the same thing. So that's two things. And I happen to believe that the constitution was written by men that used God's word as the moral authority for what right and wrong was in the constitution 
you know, I believe is built on that foundation. And now there's people that want to tear that down, but you look at all your original documents and you look at, at, at everything in God, we trust in the prayers of God and asking God for, for help in, in all their endeavors. So anybody that wants to know the truth about the subject, all you got to do is go back and read it. The, the information's there. No, it's true. I mean, if you just do a little sifting through uh, our nation's history, of course, some of you won't do that because, well, that's just a bunch of slave-owning own, uh, white guys that didn't want anybody that didn't have property have a right to vote. And if we don't read it, it didn't happen. Yeah, well, that's true, too. <laughs> you, you but, could, you know, young, going back to Young again, you know, Paul Stevens, going back to him, uh, he's one of those believers that the the, uh, the Supreme court or the constitution what i meant to say is a living document it's to be interpreted That's according right. to your feelings every or day or to be changed with your culture that is dangerous right. see this is this is the whole leftist approach you know i'll get up today and decide if i'm a boy or i'm a girl or if i'm this or i'm that and it's all in my own head it has nothing to do with anybody else anybody else in the room anybody else i interact with any other community i'm part of I can just decide for myself. Well, you know what? America was designed as an experiment in governance, self-governance. And the idea was the permission of the governed. We agreed as a whole to be governed by, in this case, the Constitution. And that whole thing is coming apart at the seams. And, Paul, you said it's because people don't believe in it anymore, no, I guess. Or, 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 you, you or they're not being taught you, and they have no try idea. To, try, to have an intelligent, try to have an intelligent conversation with a lot of attorneys. They, they literally believe that judges make law. They will tell you that case law or precedent is indeed law. It is not. It is simply precedent. They well, it's literally, what it's become. They literally believe that they are making law. But it becomes law when everybody believes. That right, that and, and they, will, they will come law. and use guns and to make And when the media you, promotes that whole idea yeah. because it's all on their side. All right, we've got to take a break for Fox News, and we'll be back. 96.5 FM, The Answer. I'm Dave Ellswick. All right, back with you. Power panel is here. They uh, will be here for the next hour. Then... They will make room, and Dr. Uh, Terry Yamauchi will be joining us in the 4 o'clock hour. And then at 5 o'clock, the Bible guys will be here. Breaking news, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has been taken to a Jerusalem hospital, uh, suffering from a high fever and a coughing fit. Netanyahu (laughs) is 68, ordered to undergo a series of tests at a medical center. That according to a statement from the prime minister's office, uh, the statement listed his symptoms as a high fever and coughs without providing further details. The hospital said the prime minister was undergoing preliminary tests. Uh, The prime minister's condition worsened after not taking enough rest to fully recover from an illness two weeks ago that, uh, according to Netanyahu's personal physician, and he was taken to the hospital in his normal car, not an ambulance. And a spokesperson for the prime minister's office told the Times of Israel they were not aware if a temporary deputy prime minister had been appointed who would take over if Netanyahu were to be sedated or otherwise incapacitated. So BB is 
at the hospital right now being uh, taken care of. I, I was talking to uh, a friend of mine who lives in Israel, and they said it, it's really interesting because Israel is such a small country that if you see the prime minister, you don't call him prime minister. They call him Bibi. Is that right? They walk up and call wow. him Bibi. People are on that kind of a, 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 a kind of a relationship with him. How many people are actually in the nation of Israel? Right? I have no idea. It wonder, grows wonder exponentially it every month. A lot of people going back to Israel mm-hmm. now. And that's, uh, that's something kind of interesting happening uh, in Israel as well in that uh, they're, they're tightening up who can come back. If you're, you can prove that you're a Jew, you can come back. Uh, if you're not a Jew, it's getting exceedingly tougher, uh, to, to come to mm-hmm. Israel. Why that's nationalistic. I don't know how you can do that. Yeah. Yeah. Why would you want anybody in your country? That's, you know, like a real citizen. <laughs> well, when you see some of the things going on, you see with that guy that survived the Holocaust, that that gentleman must be in his nineties, uh, to have gone through the Holocaust or whatever. At least he, 90. Yeah. He, uh, he was beat up. And then set on fire and killed. I mean, I don't, I do understand, but I just know how many people that are listening to this show. If I said it's biblical, go, what? you know, they don't, they don't understand the why end? that goes on. I forget what uh, country he was in when it happened. I, I can look and see, try to find it. I'll try to find it. I see where, uh, John McCain is to release a no holds barred <laughs> verdict on Trump. Who cares? I mean, <laughs> I mean seriously, who cares? He's issuing verdicts now. He, he, now it'll veteran, be no holds barred now. <laughs> yeah, veteran U.S. Senator John McCain is to deliver a no holds bar verdict on his fellow Republican Donald Trump's presidency in a new book of memoirs. <laughs> Despite being in the same party as the president, McCain has been one of Trump's most forceful critics over the last two years. And he's just upset because he didn't get to the presidency, uh, both in the run up to the 16 election and its aftermath. Although he's been undergoing treatment for brain cancer since last summer, McCain has continued to voice his concerns about Trump's leadership and recently questioned the nomination of a CIA official once involved in torture to lead the spy agency. Candid, pragmatic, and always fascinating, John McCain holds nothing back in his latest memoir, which is entitled The Restless Wave, and will be released on May 22nd, according to publisher Simon & Schuster. Candid, pragmatic, and always fascinating, and always a traitor at the main time that you need him to make progress for conservatism john mccain <laughs> anyway that's what's going on with john mccain want to say anything about john mccain guys anything on your mind about john mccain <laughs> let's let's talk about something worth talking about <laughs> okay nothing there okay yeah fine. Mc- bring it up to you who cares i mean i put it in the same file as john travolta or olivia newton john or whatever <laughs> they you don't ever why are you They're picking more... on Olivia Newton-John for? <laughs> I'm just Olivia saying all Newton the John stars. hasn't done nothing to you. Uh, I know it. I know it. But, you know, everybody wants to go to Have the stars. Have you never been mellow? People. 
Oh yeah, I've got the I've got the <laughs> physical album somewhere, but you know everybody wants to go to the stars or go to you know go talk to Ben Affleck or go whoever go talk to somebody that's in Hollywood to get their opinion on politics. And like, well, they Olivia don't never got involved in that. Yeah, I know she's from Canada and she hasn't got involved in Australia. America or Australia. That's right. <laughs> but uh, uh, in, in American politics, but you know, and I've I, been in love with her for years. Boy, boy, I stepped on something when I went after Olivia Newton. I knew after, you were in trouble I, on that I, one. You knew I was out on a limb on that yeah, one. I knew you were in trouble. Boy, I, I learned from this one. But every, there you go, Raquel. But, you got to be careful. Yeah, you know. Is that right? You have to give me a list, Elizabeth. <laughs> you have to give me a list, to not step in. But uh, there you go. But everybody always but wants to go to the stars. I mean, at this point, who cares what he thinks? You know, we can't count on him for anything. No, who cares? We we know what file he's in, and once I put somebody in that file, I don't expect anything credible to come out of it. Okay, so the Department of Commerce has announced that it's going to include a question about citizenship on the 2020 U.S. Census, which sparked outrage, outrage, I How tell you, by you. the Democrats. How dare you? However, there was no outrage when former President Bill Clinton's Department of Commerce asked about citizenship in their 2000 census. Sex and porn stars. Now, Democratic uh, National Committee Chair Tom Perez said that asking a citizenship question on the census was, quote, a craven attack on our democracy and a transparent attempt to intimidate immigrant communities. House Minority Leader Nancy Pelosi said the decision violates the U.S. Constitution. Nancy, you wouldn't know what was in the Constitution if it bit you on your white butt, all right? That you probably get Botox in, them. too. <laughs> <laughs> no. oh, but no. I tell you, hey, I she's, not white. That she's not white, is she? I thought she Yeah, was. no, she's white. She is. Okay. She actually knows that she's white. Is, is that right? She, she doesn't pretend that. she's black. At least. Uh, she's not Indian. Yeah. A craven attack. Huh? Yes, it's a craven attack. Here's, and here, here I thought they were talking about repealing the Second Amendment there when they said here's, craven attack on our Constitution. Here's the questions that were on the 2000 census. All right. Is this person a citizen of the United States? When did this person come to live in the United States? Did this person live in the in this house or apartment five years ago? That, my friend, is a craven <clears throat> attack How on our you? democracy and is against the Constitution of the United States of America. Hmm. I, I just rest my case. I'm just worn out for a minute. Don't you get? I mean, don't it you just get? Wears me you out. just get tired of all yes. of this stuff, and then when, stuff. You know, it's just when, when did they care? I mean, since, but but they're perfectly okay with invasive background checks and whatnot for people who want to exercise constitutional rights. Thing is, it's really bizarre that we can't ask people, "Are you a citizen of the United States?" Well, you do States? a census to in our country. You do our a, own census. Yeah, what's the census decide to do? Just, I mean. It's to, to shape voting districts and and, uh, and to help find out what uh, tells you tells how many people your state and your area has so that you know how you get to cut your piece of the pie 
a federal funding out. Right. The distribution of wealth. (laughs) I just can't help but think how accurate all this information is going to be because I know that I I would guess that if you're talking to a family that happens to be illegal, I don't think they're going to answer that question appropriately if they answer it at all. Why would they fill the blue? You're not going to get good information here. You haven't been for years, but I mean, it's only getting worse with questions and. I don't know. It's just a mess. It's just Paul, a mess. Paul, did you fill out on your tax return how much money you've made illegally so you could be sure to be there paid you go. tax That's on the all point. your illegal yeah. money? Um, well, yeah, I'm sure um, they get a lot yeah, of tax yeah, money I, I, I on fill, that illegal I fill, out, I fill out the line at the bottom that says that the, my black what market. What did you not claim? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this, this is how much I make in the black market. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. And this is how much tax on it. It's about the same thing. I mean, golly, my head just swims. <laughs> it just goes in circles. Mm. I got to give you one more story here. This He's is trying a, to kill us all, isn't he? No, this is a story <laughs> from a TV station in Phoenix, Arizona. Now the I know, country. I tell you, there is not, <laughs> there couldn't have been anything more important than the story about Gypsy, a black and white cat that had been trapped on top of a power pole. Since Friday. Is this going to make it, is this going to upset me? No. <laughs> KNXV, an ABC affiliate, posted a live stream of her plight Monday morning to Facebook. Oh. In the hour before neighbor armed with a ladder rescued Gypsy around 11 a.m. local time, half a million people had watched the saga what? and concerned cat lovers from across the USA had flooded 911 dispatcher (laughs) demanding (laughs) authorities save the cat. The Phoenix Fire Department told the Arizona Republic. So many people called about Gypsy that the dispatching center nearly came to a screeching halt. At one point, someone moderating the KNXV live stream asked viewers to stop calling 911 about the cat. They appreciate the concern for this cat, but they are kindly asking you to get a lot. No, that is <laughs> asking you to not call 911 in regards to this particular situation. They are aware of the incident. They are doing everything that they can to get this cat down from this electricity pole. Hmm. And they did successfully rescue the cat. I heard you say that. Yes, they did. The KNXV live stream on Facebook had 678,000 views. Can we can we not 14,000 likes and nearly 10,000 shares along with 19,600 comments. Many suggesting possible ways to rescue the cat, though not all were serious. Quote, <laughs> if you flood the city, <laughs> the water level will be closer to the top of the pole. And then you can just pull a boat up and rescue the cat. <laughs> Others demanded to know why firefighters had not stopped, saved the cat. Quote, poor baby. Call the fire department to get him down. Wrote another. OMG, please help the kitty. This is too sad. America, if we are ever again in another world war, we will be defeated. I'm just telling you. There you go. I, I think, you know, isn't it illegal to 
to to frivolously call nine one one? Doesn't this qualify no. as a frivolous call? No, that was a breaking news story. Oh, yeah, that's a that's a that's a serious emergency. It is. Some... That's according according to six hundred and seventy nine thousand people who tuned in via Facebook. Yes. So the real question is, who decided to put it on a live feed in the first place? <laughs> Somebody on the TV. I would not. Somebody who knows would be that. That's stupid. I'm sorry. That's stupid, folks. Well, if you I, sat there for hours and watched a cat, it was Dave power. who put it on a live feed. You know, he's got this inane want to be on a live Facebook feed. I don't know why. Who is that? <laughs> who? Oh, me. Yes, you, Dave. No, if, <laughs> I'm not the one. Maybe if I went up and sat on top of a power pole, I could get 697,000 views. And, 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 and bunches of people would stand up giving they solutions. They would be yelling about how Go not to save him. me. They'd be breaking out BB guns, taking <laughs> yeah. pot shots would, at you, trying to knock you off. They would be offering the different types of, of firearms to use to get you down. A new promotion. I hear it coming now. Yeah. Get Dave off the pole. Get Dave off the pole. No, that's your daughter. Oh, that's yeah. what I always. Mm. That's what that's what Chris Rock always yeah, said. Yes, sir. Chris Rock's always said the number one thing for every father to keep their daughter off the pole. That's mm. true. It is a true I, statement. I thought in Arkansas, in some places, you still had to climb a telephone pole to make a phone call. <laughs> I like Green Acres. <laughs> I was on That's a conference call one time and, and got I'm, asked that question. I'm thinking of the old story of the turtle on top of the fence post, right? Oh, how did, like, get how did he get there? Yeah, that's <laughs> another good one. But anyway, it just says a lot about American culture. I know we're messed up. I, I, I think we're. We are. I, I think that's a sad commentary on on uh, yeah. You uh, think on, on where we are? You, you, on Facebook, I see a lot of different posts from a lot of different people, and one of the types of posts that gets some of the most animated anger. Is folks about is posts about animals yep. where, where they've been injured or something yep. of that nature, and people go berserk. They berserk. want to kill somebody. Well, they and silly cat and dog brutal. videos get a lot of right. you know attention. Right. Right. I mean, yeah. I've, I've I've succumbed to, to that myself over the holidays. Yeah. Spent okay. a whole afternoon looking at stupid animal videos. <laughs> right, but, animal, I, I, cats I, and dogs I, doing I, dumb I, things. But I, but it was I, very entertaining, but a total, total, total waste of time. But I, but I assume you weren't weren't calling for people to be brutally oh, tortured. No. Oh no, I was just laughing be, very hard. They, well, maybe they they accidentally hurt one of their animals, or or, oh, or, yeah. or what, whatever it may be. But we, we've got people out there that are criminally insane, and I think a lot of these people that are that are advocating for animal rights are are right there. Well, and when you start thinking about those people that we've talked about before that think that all humans are animals, and you look at how the left treats yeah. humans, but yet the left, you know, they're they're the animal lovers too. It doesn't make sense well, at all. Like anything else they do, it's just not consistent. Two well, legs right, right, bad, right. four legs good. Right now, <laughs> right now, that's in Ar- a Ronald Reagan. That's Joe. about the truth. Right now in yeah. Arkansas, you can you, you literally dogs literally have more rights than people at, at twelve weeks after conception. You can literally go to prison for being mean to a dog. You can rip yep. the arms and legs off of a child at that same age, and it's perfectly legal. Yep. Called abortion. Yes. Yes. All right. Safari Pets, let me remind you about what's going on on April 14th. I think we're going to have a, a live remote with them. Got to talk to John about that and Jason. That's their big annual anniversary sale. Lots and lots and lots of sales and discounts. Uh, during that special sale. Also, don't forget, they're going to be opening in Conway pretty soon. Uh, they're located in Cabot at 808 West Main. 628-0067 is their number to call if you want to talk to them. Safari-Pet 
Vet.com is their website. They got everything you need for taking care of your pet or pets. And Circle, the 14th of April, uh, that's not that far away now. Big annual anniversary sale. And I do mean a big anniversary sale. It's huge. It's amazing what they do. They'll have a lot of their vendors with all kinds of specials and everything. That's for Safari Pets. All right. We are back here in the studios talking uh, about a lot of different things that are showing up on uh, the feed that I have of different things that are going on here in the country. Before I go talk to Daryl, you know, I always wondered what happens to damaged politicians. And what happens is that they continue to serve and they prove that they're even more damaged than they were before. U.S. Congresswoman Debbie Wasserman Schultz wants a federal law that will require a background check for people who buy ammunition. Quote, I really think it's important to underscore that without bullets, a gun is just a hunk of useless metal and a would-be killer lacks the means to actually kill or maim. Did she just figure something out? (laughs) I think she thinks that you can pick up a bullet and throw it hard enough to kill somebody. Only if it goes in the right direction. (laughs) Now, the government was doing a real good job under under Barack Obama of buying all the production ammunition to where there was very little to none on the market for very many years. Mm-hmm. You know, the taxpayers was buying everything coming up off the line, and I don't know where they're all stored at, but somewhere there are billions of twenty two shells. I was going to so say billions of them 22s were the hardest thing in the world to find. Uh, yeah, 22, 22 magnums. Uh, Cheap uh, and 9mm even. 5.56. Five, five, yeah, I know. I'm just saying, just listen to this stuff, though, guys. It's already illegal for convicted felons, domestic abusers, and dangerously mentally ill people to buy firearms and ammunition. Background checks are also required for some firearms purchasers, but nothing prevents anyone from buying ammunition. The current system allows someone to buy as much ammunition as they want without so much as being asked their first name, and they just walk out, said Schultz. Mm-mm-mm. By itself, the proposal, by the way, wouldn't have prevented any of the high-profile sh- shootings that we've seen on the news lately. The legislation is sure to provoke opposition from many gun owners, you think? Uh, the NRA didn't respond Monday to requests or comment by email or through the organization's website. A good sign, Wes Wasserman Schultz said, is that the legislation has 36 co-sponsors. A not-so-good sign, none are Republicans. Why am I not surprised? Well, that's, uh, that's from, believe it About or not. About 5087. That's from the Florida Sun Sentinel. That's the Sun Sentinels right there around the Orlando area, if I'm not mistaken. How about their so, so-called assault rifle, a 5087? Is there any Republicans on that bill? I don't know. I'd have to research that. I, I hope not. But um, there was talk one time. I'm sorry, Elizabeth, if I cut okay. you off, but... There was, seconds. there was talk one time of making the shelf life on the gunpowder and the bullets oh, yeah. only last a certain amount of time. I heard that. All right, let's hear from Fox News. Daryl, you're up first when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We are right. back. We're back. <laughs> the 
so you know, we are here. I'm looking up and I see <laughs> Russ. Look at me going. What? Hello. We're we're having conversations here. We're we're busy. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I was. What were y'all talking about anyway? I was, I was reading the last part of the story about Wasserman Schultz, and I found something out that I tell me if you had ever heard this. The story about uh, putting a background check on uh, what was it on uh, cows on, on, on ammunition. And here's the key. At the very end of the story, they run this down. New York will soon require background checks for ammunition sales. Connecticut, Illinois, Massachusetts, and New Jersey right now require background checks so you can obtain a license to be able to buy or possess ammunition. Wow. Did you even know that? I had no idea. I had... I knew New York. I, I hadn't heard heard this at all. You can't even I, have I a hadn't gun. heard anything at all about this. Of course, wow. this lends to a story that you talked about uh, in the last couple of months with, I think, Robert about some guy who who got uh, popped for carrying ammunition across town in his car when he was moving, moving. from one site yeah. to another. That was in New Jersey. Yeah, not a gun. Just the ammunition. Yeah, he had a box of ammunition that he had bought, and he was moving it from his old apartment to his new apartment yep. and got popped. Pop. I was like, Mexico? Yeah. I mean, come on. Can we not kick them out of the union? Well, what is what is wrong with these people? I'll just say it again. If you're out there, and people who know me have heard me say this, I have changed my mind. I have seen the light. If you think that you need to not vote, or you think that you're angry at Trump for signing the omnibus bill, this is the kind of stuff that you're going to help usher in in November. I agree with if that. If you too. don't vote Republican and then try to hold those Republicans accountable, this is what we're going to get. All right, let's go talk to Daryl. He has been waiting and he's been patient, so I'm going to let him on right now. How how you doing, Daryl? I'm doing very good. How you doing? I'm doing fantastic. I was uh, listening about that cat story. Yes. <laughs> and you wouldn't believe what it takes. I had a neighbor who mistreated her dog, had sores, cuts, wouldn't feed her, and I was feeding her, and I called animal shelter, and they would not. They told me I had to call the county sheriff, get the county sheriff out there, and if the county sheriff deemed the dog was being mistreated, then they would get the animals, animal people out there to check it out, and then they might do something about it, and then everybody ever showed up, and the dog disappeared. Hmm. I mean, that's unusual. Ever showed it and the dog disappeared. I can't can't hear you there, Daryl. What what the radio that, on? Yeah, turn your radio down so you okay, can't hear. Okay, yeah, I got that. Okay, that's, go ahead. That's what you that's what you got to go through now. They got more rights than we do. <laughs> well, I'll Paul tell just you, said that. Let me, let me tell you out something else that they uh, that, that a lot of people don't talk about. I mean, you can go to prison for a long, long time for, quote, mistreating an animal. And I just saw in the paper uh, today that some uh, teenager had shot an adult and killed them and uh, ended up getting, I think, three and a half years. Wow. Three and a half years and plus time served. If the kid had been, you know, being held up in, in a facility or something, you'd, you'd minus that out. It's just... 
it's insanity anymore. We, we, uh, thank you for your call, Daryl. We equate dogs and cats, uh, worth more many times than a human life. Hey, I go back. If there's not a source of authority to find out. Well, I agree. I've been arguing that for a long time. There has, there has to be somewhere you go to determine what normal is (laughs) and what right and wrong is. There Mm -hmm. has to be a play to go. I'm pretty sure that when God created animals, that he created them for the human benefits. He didn't create humans for the animals' benefits. Now, I believe I like animals. I have dogs and cats, too. I do not mistreat them. But they are put here for our use. Right. We're I, not put here to take care of them. And our enjoyment. Right. And, right. and our enjoyment. Right. And, and, That's and I exactly think, right. And I think we should take care of our animals, but at the end of the day, they are property. And, and they do not have a soul. Th- they don't. Oh, no, wait, wait, now, wait, now, Paul. You you can't say that they're property. You're going to end up being called not only a <laughs> a white guy that would like to own slaves, but there's a lot of people who think that if you have a pet, you're a slave owner. Did you know that? <laughs> well, I think I some of those that. people people might be on the wrong side of the insane asylum. Well, I agree with that <laughs> but, too. They should but, be in Arkham. But but the, the, at at the end of the day, though animals are property and, and they need to be treated as such and we need to recognize that and and the fact is that you know if someone doesn't stand up to your to your standards with how they're caring for their animals it's still still not your business to some extent well it's really just none of your business because the fact is people don't take care of their kids to my standards either people let their kid let their let their young children play football that's dangerous get over it it's none of my business if, if you want to do things that are that's somewhat dangerous for with your children or your pets hey, or whatever that's almost be. called freedom yeah that's God, almost God called forbid freedom you let him ride a bicycle yeah. or whatever or without your, a helmet or on. let your dog ride in the back of your truck he might fall out yeah he might but you guess know. what it's property if you want to take the risk there has to be a moral code code and, and your uh, doctor from oklahoma stated it so well yeah, there has Piper. To, yeah Piper. there has to be a moral code that people live by and it gives them a sense of what right and wrong is. If there is no moral code in the country, then there has to be a law for everything. And when there is a law for everything, freedom goes there away. is no freedom left. There is no freedom left. So that's what scares me to death in this state. Whenever they propose 2,500 laws in a session, you know, every time they pass a law, just about you just lost a little bit of yeah, your freedom we, we don't have much freedom anymore you can't even get a haircut without the person being licensed when you pay them five bucks for a haircut i'm sorry that's that's insane i can't i can't cut rd hopper's hair and charge him ten dollars because i might go to jail for that or get get a ticket or whatever it may be because it's illegal for me to make a lit make an honorable living cutting hair unless i go get permission from the almighty god state hey i drove around the corner coming into the show i'm not trying to tell on anybody i'm not going to call the hotline but there's a truck parked around the corner with some tires on it, and I looked, and there was not a state sticker on that Ooh. truck with tires in the back of it. Ooh. So I don't know where the 1-800 hotline is. but Mr. Uh, Calvert? <laughs> you can There's not enough freedom where you can haul your own tires. In the, haul your tires it's a big red truck, truck with a blue bumper on it, right? <laughs> no, I'm not demanding anything. Hey, now. <laughs> so that's what this that's what this country's coming to is well, it the one that has the, the the front bumper that would crush you like a like a little can if it hit you you mean you mean my insurance policy <laughs> on the front of my truck 
All right, Dave Ellswick yes, Show. Keep the, keeps the small cars and the deer out. All right, <laughs> let me let me talk about claiming your Social Security benefits. It's complicated. It's confusing. The government's always changing the rules about it, and more changes came about at the beginning of the year. That's why you need to come to David Lucas's Educational Social Security Workshop uh, at the end of this week, 29th and 30th. Uh, they still have a couple of, of seats remaining. You need to call 501-653-6690. It's only 18 bucks to go. It includes a 34-page maximizing social security workbook and it will help you not get cheated out of money you rightfully have coming back to you that you've put into this program 501-653-6690 or go to the website davidlucasfinancial.com all right back with you coming up in the next hour dr terry yamauchi dr terry yamauchi uh, infectious diseases will be with us Lots of questions out there about uh, several stories I've seen over the last, I guess, about a week uh, saying that we may have a second go-round with this flu that came over uh, the holidays of uh, Christmas and whatnot and just laid a lot of people low. In fact, killed a lot of people. And we'll talk about that. We'll talk about there's been an outbreak of measles uh, that was zero down to, to the Memphis airport and just a couple of planes. And I never heard anything else. That's where it stopped. So, uh, we have, you know, some different things to talk with Dr. Yamauchi about your opportunity to call in and ask him as well. Uh, I've had a lot of people who have called me and asked about if we could have question him about tuberculosis because evidently there's been a lot more cases of of tuberculosis that's been uh, mentioned here uh, in the state than in in the past. And they're wondering if part of that happens to be uh, the immigrant population uh, in here in the the state. I mean, the the mumps outbreak came through the Marshallese people up there in northwest Arkansas. They were able to follow that back to them. So there's, there's a lot of things to be talked about and, and discussed, and, and uh, Dr. Yamauchi makes himself available to me probably on a quarterly basis, and I just think it's always good information to hear from him and see what he, what he has to say. Well, I brought up all of the topics today. I'm really disappointed in my power panel. <laughs> Some of us have been a little tied up. Okay, you've been yeah, you've been doing a lot of stuff. Paul, any any stories that have been out there recently that have have garnered your attention, or are you starting to you know save up all of your sleep for January mm. when the general uh, session gets underway? He's getting uh, ready. Well, I, I thought here's an interesting thought that. Um, I was kind of considering, you know, with all the the anti gun rights issues and people that are that are advocating against human rights in this regard, because I believe the right to keep and bear arms is indeed a human right. Um, you know, we a lot of us have heard the quote from the Japanese commander that said, "You cannot invade the mainland of the U.S. because there's a, there'll be a rifle be, behind every Bush. blade of grass, every mm-hmm. blade of grass." Yep. And so, I think we need maybe need to reconsider the the approach to to people and citizens in general 
having weapons. It is a it is a, it is a national security issue for us to be armed. It is it, imperative that we stay armed. Look at what happened in World War II. We had a Japanese commander looking at Americans that we can't invade them. But guess what happened in, in England? They were invaded. And guess who saved them? Guess who kept the English from speaking German? It was the, the Americans, was it not? We have the right to keep and bear arms to some extent still. We had it to a greater extent during World War II. Nobody invaded the U.S. Nobody has invaded the U.S. in any kind of a substantial way in what, about 150 years or more, maybe 200? I mean, I, I think the fact that there are so many guns in the population makes it nearly impossible for us to be physically invaded by anybody. You can't do it because there's 300 million guns in America approximately, and that's enough to arm, arm nearly every man, woman, and child. The fact is, when we are armed, it makes us secure. Not only from foreign invaders, but from domestic as right. well. As well, right? Because you know, if the government decides to do something incredibly stupid and start killing a whole bunch of us, or rounding people or up, taking away the Second Amendment, yeah, that too, or, or just rounding people up and putting them in inter- internment camps, camps, which which did actually happen around the time of World War II, I, I don't think people would stand for it nearly as well today. I agree. But what are you going to do? Go home and watch, you know, American Idol or get busy and do something about it. <laughs> well, that and that is the main problem we have in our country now. And that is the the electorate not being engaged. We suffer from affluenza. We're we're too stinking wealthy. We like we like our television, we like our video games. We're stupid. And we, we like dumb, our... dumb, fat and happy. Well, I don't know. The more things get worse, the more that then that'll change. I tell you what, people can get motivated and have enough. We do have Donald Trump as the president of the United States of America. At some point, people said we've had enough. We've had enough of the lies of the Democratic Party, and we know we've what we've gotten from the last years, eight years, of the Democratic Party. We don't believe what the establishment Republicans have been telling us because they sure. keep saying they're going to do something different. And Doing I'm sorry, but we haven't gotten any more freedom or we haven't gotten any less taxes or any less government from the established guys from the years of the Bushes being in there. Sorry me for me saying it. But then people say, we're going to pick somebody that's a wild card and we're going to pick somebody that we may get. Some of what he says he's going to do, he may be crazy enough to do it. Maybe well, so. Donald Trump has done <laughs> right a lot he, of the things. He's an he amazing sure number of things, right? And, and he has now, and sheer and will, that's, and that's kind of cool. But at the end of the day, from what I gather, we just funded Planned Parenthood. Didn't we just that's, give him a raise? Now that's yeah, a question. That's that a question we have out right now. Yeah, yeah. What, the what, details I've got, of that. I've got French Hill on tomorrow. Yeah, what What is going? I'll be asking him about that. What is going on? We, we, well, we, you can't we, get. Well, we, we 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 put a few little drain tiles in the swamp, and now we just increase the flow of yeah. the, of, of the crud flowing into the swamp. What's the deal? Well, I have to agree, but kind of like the the uh, whenever our founding fathers wrote the Constitution, they didn't get everything they wanted to start with, or they wrote the basis of what the future they wanted the future to look like. But you have to make progress one step at a time. I had someone tell me, and you've heard it at the Capitol. 
when you go to take a bite of an apple, you try to get the biggest bite that you can get. Right. And but only one bite at a time. Where, where there's not a worm. Right, exactly. Right. Where, yeah, that's hard to find. I have to stay <laughs> yeah, right. You got that right. You're <laughs> but, absolutely but, but, right. But you get the biggest, you go for the biggest bite you can, but at the end of the day, you have to get, you have to get something at the end of the day. Right. When you look at this bill, it, it, it's definitely... Uh, it's not as conservative as we would like it. We would like to see a smaller budget. Was it a step forward at all, or was it just simply a step back? In well, some they've areas. got some areas. In a few areas, it was possibly a step forward. I'm firmly convinced in this particular case that our president, who knows a lot more than any of us know about national security and all those other secret things, what shape the military is in after eight years of doing without, I feel that he felt that it was critical. Yep. For the military, or we would be so far behind. And I think he just gulped real big and said, I know it's not going to kill us permanently, so I can come back in six months. He told them, I saw his body language. I've never seen him so agitated when he said, I will not do this again. And I think he'll put them on notice, and I don't think they're going to, well, I hope that they don't get away with it. I think he's going to make it pretty clear he's not going to play that game again. So our military did get a raise, and they yes. deserve it. Our military and I hate did it. get a raise. I hate it that we have to pick between the lesser of two evils, but you know what? As long it's as we're dealing that with that way, way and, and the, the way it is right now, we don't have a lot of great choices. Let's pick the better of the two. Let's get busy on what we can do. It's always been compromising and accepting some things you don't like to get what you think needs to be gotten through. Even it's to been elect, that since the very beginning. Well, and even to elect somebody, when you go and pick a candidate, we used to tell people if you agree with a candidate, you know, 80% of the time, you're doing very, very well. I do understand that there are issues that are deal killers for certain mm-hmm. individuals. But what right. I beg people to do, and, and everybody who knows me knows that this sounds really different coming out of my mouth, I think we have to back off and take a deep breath. We have to give Trump the support we gave him when we elected him. He is only one and a little over a year into this four years. Let's give him the support we said we would give him, and let's pull out everything we've got to push. Because if you stop now, they're sure going to win. I'll tell you the people that ticked me off, the ones that are attacking Trump, they never liked him from the very get-go. Well, look what you got now. Aren't you happy you voted for Trump? I don't even listen. I am. I'm happy I'm I voted I'm very happy Trump I voted for what I voted for. You don't want to bring up all the things that he has succeeded in doing. And you've got to keep that in your mind. taxes and everything else. Yeah, the you media don't, doesn't tell you those things. You've got to know. Regula- regu- uh, regulations that are gone now that needed to be gone. Uh, your Second Amendment rights are better now yeah. than they were. We don't have to worry about We've got you Neil know, Gorsuch right now. You got Neil Gorsuch, Gorsuch on the sorry. on the Supreme Court, and we got I think, a tax cut. I think bill? Kennedy's going to be leaving here probably in the next couple of months. We may be able to swing another major conservative we may get in two. there, and that will be for generations. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If you have any questions about Donald Trump, you just need a poster of Hillary Clinton in your office. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and just that's look the up thing. At it look at what you're going to get. Look at <laughs> look at your choices and what you're going to get. You're really going to like usher in that instead of voting for somebody like trump really because you're angry about the one vote one vote all right so with all of that said let me read the great hypocrisy of the left felicity huffman an actress 
talking about a fellow celebrity, Leonardo DiCaprio, and he's an environmentalist, but he flies a private jet to everything that he goes with. Oh, yeah. Atmosphere. She said, quote, I think Leonardo DiCaprio has probably done more for the environment than anyone. <laughs> yeah. Does he fly privately? Probably, but who cares? But he is doing amazing work and really getting the message out there. She didn't say anything about Lee Newton-John. <laughs> yeah. And she's lucky. And she's lucky. lucky man. Just, uh, just remember right. what you're hearing is all an echo chamber, folks, and it's all meant to discourage you, separate you, divide us up, and make us all sit at home and give up. Elizabeth and R.D. and Paul, thank you all for coming in today. Yes, Power panel. See thank you all you. next Tuesday. Dr. Teriyama Uchi is up next. You know what's fun about doing this show now that we're on Facebook Live all the time is people that you've heard on my show for years, you get to put a face to the voice. And today, Dr. Uh, Teriyama Uchi's on, and that that's him over there. We'll get a better shot of him here in just a second so you can get a, a, a close. There he is. Say hi, Doc. Ha, <laughs> ha. It's good to it's good to have him with us today. It's been a while. I think uh, it's been about six months, huh? Yeah, well, uh, no, that no, we're not going to argue argue about that. You know, I I under I understood that that was just a mix up, and when we that when we were talking, you know, we were we were talking at the movie, and I said, uh, "When are you going to come on again?" And he says, "I don't know. When you want me to come on?" And then we were talking. We we typically do dinner like quarterly or something and and uh we were talking about that too and then i said well i'll see you next tuesday you said yeah okay and <laughs> we just got mixed up and that's what happened and but sometimes i get mixed up with days of the week yeah and then you were <laughs> i called and you called back from a meeting i think you were in a meeting that's what happened so anyway bottom line uh water under the bridge and dr terry amuchi is with us now here in the studio Really good things to a time to have him on because there's been a story that's been running for the last three days. CDC, I think, is uh, the person that, that, that they were quoting that they are seriously concerned that we're going to have another uh, run-in with the flu this year. What's what's your thoughts on that? <clears throat> well, first of all, <clears throat> Dave, the, you know we have in the past had flu into May. So uh, the fact that flu is still around is not is not too surprising. Now, whether we have enough flu uh, show itself that uh, it causes concern about an outbreak, uh, I'm not sure about that. Uh, uh, we have just got done with uh, the spring break. Mm-hmm. So that's taken away a lot of the contact with young people in schools, crowded classrooms, etc. So that may have put a hold or at least uh, uh, lessen the chances of seeing more disease. But anytime you have people together uh, in crowded conditions and people are not washing their hands, taking care of coughing, sneezing, etc., and there's a hands. respiratory disease, yeah. uh, you have a possibility. And especially when we already know that our vaccine was not as good as we cracked it up to be, that even increases the chances. Now it's not too late to go ahead and get another, uh, get a shot, get a vaccine. Right. Uh, as I said, we see it into May, and we have seen it into May, and 
uh, you can still be protected from other types of the influenza virus. Uh, there are you know several types out there, and it's still possible that those could come to haunt us. Okay, so which was it that we were having the most problem with this flu season? Well, we had most of the H um, uh, H3N1 and two of strain, but those strains don't really, to me, don't really mean anything. An influenza virus is an influenza virus. Uh, the fact that we were seeing, we saw more than we expected, although the, <clears throat> the, um, the deaths that we saw are going to go up. We're going to have more deaths, no question about it. Always at the end of outbreaks, when people have already suffered influenza, we've got people out there that are weak from being ill, Right. We got the possibility of uh, secondary infections coming up, so we will see that. We will see, and it'll strike those uh, individuals that are weakened, uh, immunocompromised, uh, heart disease, uh, uh, um, uh, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, smokers, diabetics, etc. Uh, so those would be the population that we'll again see, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll see those in the next couple of weeks to a month. Well, the the way we tried to avoid it at my house, and everybody was surprised that my grandson didn't come down with it, but he didn't have to go to daycare. Mom and and grand and grandma were at the house. He was at the house. We didn't go we didn't go out a lot with him. And I, I just thought that was a good idea when you started reading how many people were coming down uh, yes. with the disease, and it was really whacking people hard. I, I don't, I can't remember for a long. If I just think about it, it's been a long time since I've heard people say, "Yeah, man, I had that flu. It took me three weeks to get over it." You know, yes, that they yes, really, it really, you know, knocked them into dirt. A couple of things that are going to confuse the issue a little bit is that the pollens are coming out. Yeah. And yet symptoms with the pollen with people allergic to those pollens are going to be cough, runny nose, runny eyes, and some people are going to say, "Oh, do I have a mild case of mm-hmm. the flu or is this?" And there're going to be doctors that are going to say the same thing. But that, uh, but the only way you know that is if you go in and get swabbed. Right, right. And you know, um <clears throat> that's that's out there. It's, Doctors are going to say, well, I've seen so much flu. You've got respiratory symptoms. I don't want to put you to the expense of running this test. We'll treat you anyway, symptomatically or with a antiviral mm-hmm. uh, medication. So whether this um, uh, secondary outbreak or second peak occurs, it may be masked a little bit. Uh, people, the officials out there report respiratory illness-like disease. Okay, and th- some of those might be allergies. Okay, so I, I would I'd have to wait until we see. We're not going to get we're not getting, of course, as many flu tests as we did at the fir- start of the Correct. flu outbreak. Yeah, I I've already suffered from uh, the allergies. Yeah, mine's the right now. My, I I I feel a hundred times better this week than I did last week. Well, I'll tell you the other thing is you know at your movie. Um, they, they've got those, um, hand wipe washing things set up at the cash register, right. and at some of the areas around there. And that's, that's really good if people use them, you know, 
So I see people walking up there and pumping that stuff on their hands and rubbing their hands together. And I always say, good for you. You know, what what about you read the stories where they talk about that the hand sanitizers aren't that good. I always think, well, it's better than nothing. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Uh, You know, uh, I just saw a thing on on one of the side panels that uh, people were saying, you know, uh, uh, soap doesn't kill viruses. Soap doesn't get debris off your hands. Right. And so your hands are clean. And I say clean, they're not sterilized or uh, they don't do a major job of taking away germs. Uh-huh. Uh, so, you know, that's people think they wash their hands with soap and now they can touch anything and they're not infectious. So I know you're gonna, you you want to talk about a couple other diseases uh, that uh, it's important to have clean, clean hands. Contact is still an important way to transmit diseases. All right. Well, let's talk about those when we come back. Let's get our first break in here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, don't forget, you can watch us on Facebook Live now. A lot of you know this already. We had over a 1,000 of you watching uh, yesterday when uh, we had, of course, uh, uh, our guests in here gave you a chance to to uh, listen to her and, and what was going on. Uh, but uh, we do this every hour of every day of the Dave Ellswick show. Just go to Facebook live slash Dave Ellswick show and you can watch. And if you can't watch when it's happening, uh, everything, if you go to my uh, Facebook page, Dave Ellswick show, click on video and everything is set up for each day, which hour, who was on, uh, and things of that nature. And you can watch it after, uh, the show has, uh, has happened. We come back. We'll also talk to Larry Witherspoon. He's waiting to ask a question. Uh, got a lot of rain coming over the next few days. They're saying between three and six inches, like we really need it, but we're going to get it anyway. And uh, Joel Johnson wants you to remember that if you start getting water in your house from your roof, to call them immediately. If you'll just give them a call at 501-687-6246. As uh, soon as it's safe for them to go out, they'll come to your house and the uh, They'll get up on your uh, your roof and stop the leak, keep the water from getting into your house. They're going to tarp it up, and then uh, they'll get you set up to get your roof completely fixed. Secondly, uh, if you've gotten a lot of water into your house, uh, they can take care of the interior painting that needs to be done or the drywall repairs or uh, even uh, the uh, carpentry work that might be necessary or a branch knocked a big hole. Uh, on the side and took off the fascia and some other things. They can do some uh, carpentry work and exterior painting for you. Uh, Take care of the insulation, take care of the ventilation, all of that. And you can get it all done right through PI roofing because it's hard. I mean, you're looking at getting two or three contractors involved on, you know, one thing and they get in each other's way. They got to, you got to make sure they can get in, uh, during the time frame you want them to get in and maybe they can't because you know you're a small job and they want to do the big jobs first that's uh, pi roofing and home solutions your roof leak detective again the number is 501-687-6246 or you can find them on the internet at piroofing.com all right we've got uh larry witherspoon on the phone let's uh, get his question for dr yamauchi Larry, how are you? Welcome to the Dave Ellswick Show. 
doing well, doing great. You're right. The pollen's about to bite me uh, starting. I um, I wanted to kind of make a statement and ask a question. I The last time I took a flu shot, I was 20 years old, and it almost killed me. I will never, ever do it again. I uh, And that was eight months of it, – it's an unbelievable story what happened to me on that. Okay. Having said that, my question kind of is this. I know a lot of people who get the flu shot and the uh, pneumonia shot, and most of them end up getting the flu and or pneumonia, and it really puts them down hard. And then I hear the stories of, well, that was a different strain. Well, then why even take the shot? Why not? If you get the flu, then go take a shot to get over the flu instead of someone giving you the flu to not get the flu. Okay? All That's right. my question. All why, right. why do y'all think that is so important? All right. Listen in, Larry. He'll answer that question okay. for you. Here we go. Larry, that, that's a good question because that's what a, a lot of people uh, think or have that concept. Uh, the reason you get the flu, the flu shot before the season starts is to give you in, in your system get antibody or protection. If the virus or the flu virus is a little bit different, you're not going to get as much protection. Or if it's a completely different virus, you get no, no protection. However... Uh, even um, if you uh, get some protection, the vaccine will protect you from serious disease. That is, we can't say how many people might have gotten serious uh, a serious illness or might have died because of the uh, small amount of protection they received. Now, as far as uh, getting pneumonia, um, remember that the pneumonia vaccine there are a couple different vaccines, but those vaccines have multiple strains of the bacteria, the pneumococcus bacteria. And uh, if the strain of pneumococcus comes around that uh, is not covered, then just like influenza, you're not going to be protected. Now, um, uh, pneumococcus uh, can cause very serious, rapid-acting pneumonias. It's all pneumonias are not pneumococcus. There's a um, hundred different strains of that that virus. So unfortunately, we don't have a vaccine to cover all of the pneumococcus or the bacteria that can cause uh, pneumonia. And so we're, we're, we've picked the most common uh, pneumonia-causing strains of bacteria to include in the in the vaccine. And uh, that's why it's it's recommended. And that that particular bacteria, that particular germ, uh, is more likely to cause uh, bad pneumonia. All right. So let me ask, you know ask the question: something that you talk about when you get a flu shot, you're yes. you're not getting the living uh, virus. Correct. Nor are you getting the living bacteria with pneumococcal, okay. uh, the pneumonia vaccine. Yeah, a lot of people think they are, and uh, that's not the, the case at all. They're giving you something so that your immune system will react to it, and so be ready to react to it if it comes again. Yes, you're you're ready for your MD. <laughs> I've just had you on so many times on the show. I, you know, I learned a few things along along the way. Uh, 
story that I saw. Well, wait, did Larry, did that answer Larry's? I, I hope question? so. I'm sure it oh, did. Okay. I mean, that, that uh, you, you covered all the bases on that. The bottom line is that even if you do get a uh, flu, if you've gotten a flu shot, it may be able to mitigate it, exactly. the flu. Yes, it may. You know, keep you from getting really, really, really And it sick. may also <clears throat> lessen your infectivity. It may. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I was looking at an article today. I'm looking to see if I can find it here real quick. I wanted to bring it up to you. Talking about the excessive use of antibiotics. And here's a story here. It's... Uh, Patients with a fever of congested lungs increasingly are being discouraged from taking antibiotics in the U.S. And it's a good thing. Those symptoms often are caused by viruses, in which case antibiotics which kill bacteria are the wrong approach. But a new study finds that although antibiotic use has declined somewhat in the U.S., the nation remains the leading user of the drugs worldwide with 3.3 billion doses administered in 2015 as many as one-third of those doses are thought to have been inappropriate, leading to the rise of uh, superbugs, bacteria that develop resistance to the medicines. Is, it, are we getting on a, in, a, in a dangerous you know, zone here about antibiotics? The answer is yes. Yes, we, we need to be careful. I think <clears throat> there are people out there that uh, actually – demand that of their doctors, especially in children. You know, they want something. And doctors are, you know, uh, concerned. They don't want the parents to be upset, and they want to do something. Uh, so they'll prescribe an antibiotic and say, mm -hmm. we, we want to give you this to protect you from a secondary infection, which to some degree is true. Uh, but um, it, it's much more uh effective to treat an infection when it occurs rather than try to prevent the infection by covering with antibiotics. Yeah, because, I mean, my kids are basically in their 30s and early 40s now. And I remember when you took them to the doctor, amoxicillin, you know, they gave that out like candy. Yes, yes. I was one of those giving it out when I was a resident out in UCLA, out UCLA mm -hmm. in California. And we just had bottles and bottles of that we would give as they left the emergency room. So I'm well aware of uh, how frequently they use some of that stuff. Same thing with decongestants or cough medicines. Right. They have very, very little uh, uh, treatment value, therapeutic value. Uh, it's often is given to treat the parents rather than the patients. Yeah, I don't see amoxicillin in kids' hands anymore. You know, parents' hands for their kids, that pink stuff. Right. That's well, we, we have given. more side effects now to that that particular drug, and you have to give there there are more effective antibiotic doses and things like that, where you only have to give it twice a day or not four times a day, which was for, previously what we used. All right, Doctor Sherry Yamauchi's <laughs> on for the whole hour. Bible guys are coming up in the next hour. We got Fox News coming up at the bottom of the hour. So let's clear up uh, Fox News and get back and talk to. Dr. Yamauchi, some uh, cases of measles over in Memphis a couple of days, uh, maybe a couple of weeks ago, from some airplanes. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that as well. All right, back with you, Dave Ellswick Show, here on, uh, of course, 96.5 FM, The Answer. 
this time next week, we won't be on 96.5 FM. We'll be at 101.1 FM. And uh, because of our antenna is going to be about, what, 650 feet above above everybody? Is that what it is, uh, Russ? Uh, we'll not have anything in front of us. So you who are out there in the in the Conway area are going to hear us uh, loud and clear as they do here now and will uh, hear us better uh, in Little Rock. In fact, I believe from what I've been told, we should be able, as we go north, be picked up out in the uh, the Moralton area. So uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. A lot of people that we've been wanting to talk to for a while. I mean, I know some people over in, in Maumel talks about being in nulls or areas where a hill gets in the way of the, the signal or whatever. That won't be a problem either. Everybody that's in the Maumel and West Little Rock area should be able to hear us very, very well. All right, Dr. Terry Yamauchi is here. If you got a question for him, 823-0965, 823-0965. Uh, with that said, let me get back to discussing some things with him. Uh, there were some things that uh, we heard about here just recently. Uh, I think it, was, it came out of uh, Memphis, but some people in Arkansas uh, got the measles from being on a plane with somebody evidently was a carrier. Uh, this is a kind of a twofold question because of modern transportation. And I mean, look, planes aren't modern, modern, but they are still a modern travel convenience. And uh, it's in, an international way of traveling. Uh, you got to be very, you know, cognizant that you can get diseases travel all over the world in a short period of time. And uh, in some parts of the world, they don't immunize as well as we have been known to immunize here in the United States. And some diseases might suddenly pop up hot spots, so to speak. I mean, is that what we, we had in, in, uh, over in Memphis? <coughs> kind of a, was it an international well, thing or was it homegrown, so to speak? Well, I don't know what homegrown means, but uh, measles is actually a uh, preventable disease if you get the vaccine. And then we're back to vaccines again. Right. But um, almost all the measles that we see has been associated with uh, somebody coming from a country where they don't immunize as well as they do in this country. Okay. And because uh, measles is a very contagious disease, um, you know, we worry about it spreading very rapidly if, if it gets into the environment or into the population. Now, uh, I believe that the person that initiated the, the measles was uh, a person that had traveled to another country. I don't know if it was Germany or Israel, but it had come from a country where measles was present and had been exposed. One of the problems we have, Dave, is that um, – uh, <clears throat> measles has a relatively long incubation period. That means that between, between the time you get exposed to the virus, be it a, a sneeze or somebody sneezes on a seat of, or a tray of an airplane or somewhere you might go, uh, it can be anywhere from up, up to 21 days later before you wow. have any symptoms. So you can see the problem you might have. They've, they've already been carrying this around for any number of days before you know that it's in the environment. 
Interesting how many people they can come in contact with in three weeks. That's the exact problem. And um, can you imagine somebody getting off an airplane in Memphis or wherever who stopped in Atlanta or Dallas or wherever, and the number of people that are going through uh, those uh, those areas, uh, it's (laughs) it's mind boggling. Yeah. And so it does. A, the credit should go to the health department or to those systems that are able to follow up. I looked over some of that material about the last time we had some measles, and you know, as soon as they found out, and one of the problems with finding that out is that many, many of our doctors and healthcare professionals have really not seen measles. They don't know what what it is, so they don't recognize it as as measles, and. Uh, to the credit of the health department, they jumped in within 24 hours because they were notified that it might be the measles. They investigated and they immediately put out uh, preventive investigation and uh, use of vaccines to try to prevent any spread. Uh, yeah. Spread. Well, what's interesting about that is that even when you you know diagnose the problems, measles. You're like three weeks behind the eight ball. That's there. You go, and how you know? That's how does how do you stop it? You know, at that point. Now, when I was a medical student out in Oregon, I got measles, and I was sick, and I'd been immunized. I was sicker than heck. Boy, I thought I was going to die, and you know, one minute I thought, oh, this is terrible. The next minute, I didn't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I died, I wouldn't yeah. be hurting and feeling so crazy. I mean, right. it really made you sick. So that's one of the main problems when we see measles is how to get ahead of it or catch up with it. And um, uh, that's a credit to the systems that are in place to try to stop it. And as, just as you pointed out, if you, somebody, some disease has a 20-day head start on you, and you know people can be infectious before they have any signs. Yeah, you're playing big-time catch-up at there's that There's a lot of infectious diseases that we know of that uh, that's a problem. That's kind of scary. And here's the other thing I think is kind of scary. A a lot of parents now don't even have a clue about measles because they didn't have it the way, for instance, our generation, it was, you know, it strikes fear in the people at at the time. Well, another plug for the vaccines. If you, your child or you have not been immunized, and you come exposed to somebody that has the disease, you have a 75 to 90% chance of getting that disease if you're not immunized. Right. So, you know, you're setting yourself or your child or the person up for coming down with serious disease. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't realize this, but there, it's estimated that up to 400 people a day worldwide, 400 a day worldwide die with measles. I did not know that. Yeah, that's the that's the factor they use from at the CDC. And then, of course, a lot of us who lived through that time when people got measles and things of that nature, we think it's no big deal, and it is a big deal. It's a nasty disease. Yes, sir. Yeah. You know, yeah. we just kind of it, blow it off. It's like people blow off polio now because it, they haven't seen it. Yeah, and it gets, this uh, measles can cause brain damage, of course, seizures. Um, so it's not something to you know make light of all right well, especially I'm, since since it can be prevented the vaccine is not perfect but it it, it will uh, protect uh, 75 to 80 percent of the people that get 
the vaccine. All right. So what I'd like to do is when we come back, I do this with you about every two or three times you come on. I want you to can talk to the parents that got kids and say you need to get your kids immunized. Don't buy everything that you read on the Internet because it ain't true. All right. And we'll talk about that when we come back with Dr. Terry Yamauchi. My grandson, I'm going to tell you what, his his granddad, that's me, uh, makes sure that he gets all of his shots. Uh, I just, uh, I'm a big believer in the herd mentality of, of getting people immunized. I think it, it protects us as a society. All right, big break here with Hortons. Uh, orthotics and Prosthetics, a company that's uh, run by the Horton family. Uh, they are people as a family who believe and and have empathy for their patients that go that extra distance to make sure uh, that they treat you in such a way that you can reach or come as close as you possibly can to where you think you should be able to go as far as being able to to move around and and to walk and and to run and things of that nature, they really work on that. That's why the prosthetics they make they make in the basement at Hortons. They've got their own lab down there. They got people who have been doing this for years, and they'll make sure that that prosthetic or orthotic will fit you perfectly. And uh, ladies, if you've had to have a breast removed because of breast cancer or both breasts removed, then the people at Hortons can help you. They've got people that work uh, directly with them. Uh, they don't farm you out. You meet people right there at Hortons that will help you uh, take care of, of that problem uh, and make uh, give it you the, the possibility of getting all of your self-esteem back that you want. All right, that's Hortons Orthotics and Prosthetics. 663-2908 is their number. 5220 West 12th Street in Little Rock. They only ask that you bring three things with you when you come see them. You got to bring your driver's license, bring your health uh, insurance card, and bring uh, the prescription from your physician. Hortons Orthotics and Prosthetics. All right, we are back for the final segment with Dr. Terry Yamaluchi. I always I feel lucky whenever I can get uh, Dr. Yamaluchi on because to say he's a busy guy is an understatement. He's a very, very busy man. And uh, let's let's talk about the the parents out there that have gotten bombarded, and maybe that's maybe it's calmed down a little bit over the last few years. But back in the early two thousands, there was just an overwhelming uh, drumbeat of "Don't get your kids immunized," and uh, we saw the resurrection of diseases basically we hadn't seen for years in the United States. So can you tell them doc, it's, there's, you know, you can't trust the playboy model that she really doesn't know more than a doctor does. You know, they, um, some of these quote pseudo experts, you know, feel like, and they, they're actresses and actors that they're good at acting Yeah, (laughs) and uh, presenting stuff. Yes. And so, you know, what is their background? Well, my child got ill or I heard from somebody um, but that's, that's not the what facts. That's not what happens. Mm-hmm. And we're sort of on the front line in that we see these, these failures 
or we see the results of unimmunized or unprotected. Uh, and uh, it, it seems to me so simple that a vaccine that costs 10 bucks or less uh, that can prevent somebody from dying is not given because the parents don't believe it. And um, uh, I, I just say, you know, these kids, these kids need it. Uh, there are some vaccine out there that I'm still, you know, sort of on the edge. I, I've seen the data on some of these like uh, human papillomavirus. I don't know if yep. most H-I- people. Which is H-I- HPV. HPV, yeah. Yeah, and that's a, uh, a cancer vaccine. It'll prevent cancer. Right. And yet the, the social issues there are, well, you know, my child is not going to have sex. Right. You know, that's naive. Uh, and again, we have something that's going to prevent 80, 90 percent of disease if they get it. Mm-hmm. And it's just, to me, bad thinking. Very bad thing, especially when the risk of uh, of um, serious side effects or side effects at all from the vaccine are so minimal. Uh, I... Um, We talked about measles earlier. Measles side effects from a measles shot are so slim. One in a million might have fever, might have bad effect. But in fact, statisticians have looked at it, and you're four times more likely be be struck by lightning than to have a bad effect from measles. That sounds like it's worth it. That would sound like it to me. But you know, everybody has the right to make their own decisions. Although in this case, you know, the child doesn't seem to have a, a right. It's made up by uh, somebody that's on the other side of the fence. Yeah. So how about tuberculosis? We had it raise its, uh, its head a few years back. Seems like we haven't heard as much since. Is it back under control? <clears throat> a couple things about tuberculosis that the public needs to know. First of all, Arkansas has been a leader in treatment and diagnosis of tuberculosis with the uh, Dr. William Stead at the health department was a worldwide acknowledged leader in tuberculosis diagnosis treatment and uh, got into uh, the area called short course treatment. In other words, you could treat instead of in the old days, you had to treat for a year mm-hmm. with multiple drugs. And he was finding that it was a, equally effective to use short course, maybe three months, six months, uh, with multiple drugs. Um, it Indeed, we've had some uh, increase, but again, it's been from travel-related tuberculosis and um, in individuals uh, th- that have drug-resistant tuberculosis. And those have usually resulted from persons who have had multiple drugs and not taken them. Yeah, that's the key. A lot of people go in and get the treatment, start it, begin to feel better, and then stop. And what you do is you let the bugs get stronger that way. That's right. All right. You know, you need to do another you need point to for the MD for you. <laughs> uh, you know, we we um, talk about this that that people need to take their medicines, and yet it doesn't happen. Um, I, I want to be a little bit political here because 
one of our problems we've had in the past 10 years has been the budgets have suffered because of the economics of medical care. And, and we haven't had as much dollars available for both surveillance and treatment. Our, the advantage of our treatment was we were able to send nurses or health professionals out to the homes and deliver medicines right there and watch the people take it. Right. And uh, obviously those people that took it all the time were were uh, doing be- better, doing better. Right. So, you know, I, I, I'm not too political, but that's one of the things that we see when we're not paying enough attention to what we can do. So uh, I guess the last disease I wanted to ask about is one that raised its ugly head last year and mosquitoes were carrying it around and Florida was freaking out. Central America seemed to be ground zero, uh, but we haven't heard much about it here recently. I know it's been winter time, but still, yeah. you would think that people would still be hearing about the Zika virus. Well, we will. We will hear more about it in the near future. We'll probably have to do a program on it when we, we start seeing it or hearing more about it. But, you know, we've been inundated with influenza. Right. And then we've had this spot outbreak of measles. We had mumps this year, as you know. That was a major. We were the leading state in the country with mumps. So, you know, there are other things that are coming on. They might not be as attractive as Zika. You know, that's a... It's got a sexy name, though. It does. It does. <laughs> so uh, we got to play that, too. Yeah, that's and, and that's part of it. You know, the media kind of drives some of this this kind of stuff. Well, you got a sexy program. You know? thing, oh, you yeah, know? I know. So... Well, I, you should see all the all the stuff that I get off now that I'm on Facebook Live. It's like, man, now that I can see it, it sure broke my whole fantasy. <laughs> now, but it's interesting in that, like for Zika, I know that they're working on a vaccination for that. How how close are they to that, or are they still as far away as they were? You know, I really don't have much information on where we are with that. I know it's being worked on. I know that they've had some luck with animal success with animal studies, but I can't be honest to tell you that, you know, we're just a step away from this or that. You know, another disease that we don't hear as much about, but it's still out there is HIV. And I've heard that they feel like they're kind of right on the cusp of coming up with a vaccine for HIV. Yes. How how far away do you think they are on that? They've been Uh, working on it for like 40 years now. Yeah. I, again, I have to plead a little bit of ignorance on that. I know there's lots of work. And again, <laughs> politics raises its ugly head. Yeah. And the n- amount of dollars available for the research and testing and things like that has, has been cut. So that slows slows the process. So I, is- I, I couldn't tell you for sure where we are. I know that it's being developed. I know that it's been s- pretty good success yeah, in animal studies. Yeah, some good successes. Yeah. Yeah, they don't have Elizabeth Taylor out talking for them anymore. Yeah, and that was a big deal. Well, of course, you, you know Michael. Michael, you know Michael. What's his name? That uh, from, you know uh, Jackson. Yeah, well, not Michael Jackson, but uh, Michael, who was in Back to the Future. Oh, you Fox. Know, yeah, who has uh, Parkinson's disease? There was yeah. a big influx of that when he was the one that went up on Capitol Hill. Well, you talked about the influence of some of those people with uh, measles. Actually. Yeah. So you can see the effect that those people have had, and I'm not, I'm not criticizing them completely. They are bringing attention to diseases that 
that we are out there that are bad, but they're probably approaching it in. Yeah, we don't want disease du jour. <laughs> yeah. You know, we don't want that. I appreciate you, Doc. I appreciate you making time for us like every three months coming here and bring us up to date because things are always changing. Better to know what's coming than find yourself in the middle of it. And they're changing. That's I've always said before. You know, we we may see changes in our recommendations. Gosh, that's a, one of the hardest things with vaccines. There are multiple programs that have made in the past different recommendations. All right. So, Dr. Terry Yamauchi, thanks so much for coming in. Bible guys are next after Fox News. All right. Final hour of a Tuesday. That means that the Bible guys are here in the studio. If you have a question, 823 823- Oh nine six five eight two three oh nine six five. Uh just uh, type your question on the comments uh below our uh Facebook Live that we've got going on and Russ uh, check that every once in a while and we'll try to get your uh, question out to the guys here. Uh, I can start right off. I had an email uh come in. It says uh good evening, is the house of Peter or the house of Jesus in Capernaum still standing? And uh, you might be happy to hear what uh, uh, the guys have to say about that. Yes, um, thank you very much for the question. Um, To our understanding, one of the houses is still standing, or at least the archaeologists believe that it is um, one of the houses, and it would be uh, Peter's house. Uh, As a matter of fact, um, it's actually a stone's throw from the entrance of the synagogue um, in Capernaum, and uh, they've actually built a uh, kind of a roof-type structure over it to keep it from uh, eroding uh, anymore. And it was actually a, a pretty decent-sized home. Um, obviously, Peter probably had uh, several children by looking at it. There was a lot of different rooms in it. Um, it's uh, larger than what you would normally expect uh, one of their homes to be. But, yes, Peter's house is still standing to the best of archaeological um, evidence. As far as Jesus' home, uh, we don't know uh, where his home was. And I think in a way— That's good. Uh, yeah, I think in yeah. a way, not knowing where Jesus lived— is good in the sense that I think some people would worship a house. I yeah. mean, they would they would go too far with uh, with that. So I think God in His grace that, that would make sense on Peter's house that it where it was at because it's only like a hundred yards from the shore, right? You know, and yeah. being a fisher would make sense. And the, the think, synagogue that it's next to uh, is actually I think a third or fourth century synagogue, but mm-hmm. they do know that that one was built on top, top of. of yeah the foundation of the synagogue that Jesus would have spoken. And quite honestly, the, uh, his house, um, would have been, um, it is about that far away from the sea of Galilee now, but I think in the day, the sea may have been almost at his, mm. at his front door. Um, because the, the sea of Galilee would have been much larger back in the day. Right now, Israel has to give 50 million cubic, uh, meters of water to Jordan a year for peace. And it all comes out of the Galilee, and mm. you can look. You can when you're standing at the Galilee, you can look. I mean, and Dave, it's 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 sad, but you can see how far the uh, the sea has uh, receded throughout the years, and it's merely because this is the price that Israel pays to maintain peace. Water is more valuable than gold. Oil can't mm-hmm. drink oil, can't eat gold. That's right. Nobody can live without water. So water, in reality, in the Middle East, is actually more valuable than all those things put together. Yeah. All right. Dr. Scott Stewart is here from Agape Church, 701 Napa Valley Drive in Little Rock. Their Sunday service time is at 10. Uh, their website is aclr.org. So if you ever want to check out anything about the church, 
That's where you'd go. If you want to tweet out to uh, Dr. Stewart, it's at Dr. Just DR, no period, at Dr. Scott Stewart. And Stewart is S-T-E-W-A-R-T. And then uh, we've got Steve Hess here as well. Who, who still uh, has no Twitter address. I was just no fixing Twitter. to say the non-Twitter guy. The non-Twitter <laughs> guy. Uh, and he works at Agape Church as as well. We uh, we were all together Sunday night over at the New Life Church in Cabot. Had a great Seder. We did. Had about, uh, we doubled up the number of people. Mm-hmm. We started last year. This was the second time. 60 people attended. That was great. Lots of great questions mm-hmm. during the course of the uh, thing. I will say the difference between last year and this year, when you got to the Praise Cup, yeah, you got into it. Mm. Oh, did I? You really, you did. You got into it. You, uh, you know, last year you just stood behind the table and held up the cup. Yeah. This time you kind of, kind of moving around a little <laughs> bit. You know, I, I do have a tendency of moving, don't I, Steve? I have a tendency of moving around a little bit, just a little bit. Yeah, you did, you, you, it was great. You did a great job. Oh, and, praise God. And uh, Steve did a great job. Yes, he did uh, as well. And I think the folks at New Life Church in Cabot are very accommodating and oh, they great are. people sweet people and uh, many of them came up to us and said uh i listen i listen um, and so a uh, big shout out to uh all of our family in uh, in cabot yeah they they listen to the bible guys they do i mean you said that and everybody knew exactly what you were talking about uh, I, I i went up to one gentleman and uh i introduced myself and he said uh, he said i knew who you were from the moment you uttered your first words he said because i listened to uh the Bible guys on the radio. So uh, I do have a funny story about the Bible guys, though. Oh, what's that? So before Casey had come up for the candles, yeah, she was talking to one of the ladies at the table, and, uh-huh. and she had said to her, "Have you heard these guys?" And she's like, "Yeah." She goes, "You should listen to the Bible guys. They're they're pretty they're pretty sharp." And at that point, I think is when you called her up and introduced her as my wife. So I don't know if there was, but it was kind of funny. <laughs> I, was talk, I think that was Pam. She's sitting next yeah. to. So yes, I, she was I, the organist, the one who was yeah, the pianist okay, or whatever. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I said, Casey probably, I, after Casey told me that, I said, we probably just rolled your eyes when I listened to him all the time. <laughs> I don't need to listen yeah. anymore. <laughs> all right. 823-0965. That's the number uh, to ask your question. We look forward to talking to you. We're going to zero in. We had talked about this uh, a couple of days ago. Uh, Passover begins Friday evening. Mm-hmm. That's right. And so we wanted to talk some about that. What does it mean? Why do we do it? Uh, I could probably do this, but I'm going to let Dr. Dr. Stewart do it mm-hmm. because I, I've heard this enough now that I, I actually understand it. Yeah. Well, well praise God. Yeah, that's right. This works. You guys have done well. <laughs> so with it, with that all said, uh, did you guys have any other questions you wanted to hit first? before we got into the discussion of Passover? You know, I think Passover will take up most of our time. I've got, mm-hmm. um, a few of these here we could hit first that came in. I got several okay. questions that came through uh, via um, a couple of them do, through text and a couple through messenger. Okay. Uh, the first one uh, was, uh, and this is actually a question that your pastor had asked you the night about why they use palm fronds. That was a great question. It was, I, I guess, never have thought of it. No, I just figured it's, they're indigenous to the area, so why wouldn't they? Yeah, I never really uh, gave it a thought either as to why they did it. The scripture says that they would do it or that they were told to do that, but I didn't know why they did it. Uh, and I've and I've researched a little bit on it because I got another a question here. It came in and says, "Why did they use palm fronds?" And uh, and looking into it, I still sometimes you know God tells you to do something, but He doesn't tell you why to, you're doing it. So I don't know if I have an exact answer. But one thing that was very interesting that 
uh, the, the, the research showed was that palm fronds were, obviously they were a symbol of, of life uh, because it's such a dry desert place. But also beyond that, they were actually carved on the temple doors. Mm. An image of palm fronds were on the temple doors. Uh, and almost, and I've seen this myself, a lot of the ancient coinage has a palm leaf or a palm branch on them as well. Mm-hmm. So I think they were probably seen as a, a symbol of, of good, of, of plenty, of prosperity, of things of that nature. So they were probably used for good things. At good times, they were used as a way of celebrating, much like we would use streamers or uh, balloons for a celebration. It's a kind of a symbol of, of joy and happiness, And unless you have no, something I, else. That I would make sense because the date palm is yes. you know, and the idea being the, the land of milk and honey, and the milk was dealing with the milk of the, of the date kind of thing not um milk like we're used to hearing about it so i could and since it was on the coin i could see that being part of the symbol and yeah so that's that's a that's a kind of a, a guess at it but uh, we're not actually told in scripture why they did it that way and sometimes you're not you're just told you know you do it because i said do it and, okay uh, now, now i just heard steve say something that caught me you said when you said milk, you said mm-hmm. not the way we typically think of it. Right. And honey is not the way we think about it either. Okay. Yeah. So with that in mind, I got to <laughs> pursue. I have to pursue. What's what? What's the idiom here mm-hmm. that we're not getting? When you over, it, The way they would have came into the land, there, there's a really neat thing that's happening in Israel today. The land's coming alive. Mm-hmm. And literally when I was – the last time I was there in 2011, and we drove from Jerusalem um, down into um, – uh, Judea and Samaria, and also known as the West Bank. Um, and we headed north, and we came out of the Palestinian area and, and into the Israeli land. The land literally went from brown to green, and there was all of these um, date trees all along. It was just beautiful and gorgeous. And that would have been what they saw when they overlooked the land over from the hillside of the Jordan area and looked down into Israel. That's what have been what they were saw. And the, the milk and honey was dealing with um that i don't remember the specific it has to do with the yeah if you actually cut a date open a real ripe date it has both white and gold liquid on the inside okay and so they would call, they called that the land of milk and honey it was a land full of date palms okay and of course dates were full of all the nutrition that they would need to uh, survive i love dates i, I do too if you ever have one that you cut open and actually oozes out that that liquid on the inside typically ours are dried up mm-hmm. but theirs pulling them off the tree they'd cut them open and it would almost look like a pocket of honey surrounded by uh, milk milk yeah and so that's why it's called the land of milk and honey do you eat that do you eat the the, the liquid you know, i've never eaten it before but i bet it, i bet mm-hmm. you, i don't i bet you would maybe it's maybe they're unripe if you do that i'm not I sure that's Stump the Bible guys again. This again. is this is a couple right. times we've had this. Yeah. I got a I got a big bag of them when I was there in, in 2011, and I was trying to buy some. We were getting our stuff together right before Shabbat, and and I thought I was just buying a, a little small amount, but the guy ended up selling me like five pounds worth of dates. I was like, <laughs> I'm leaving tomorrow. I tried you to get them back. Them, he, he was not happy with me. No, I didn't eat them all. Yeah, you eat, you eat all of them, and you'll see them again quickly. <laughs> I'm just saying. Wow, we'll have you a lot of dates. All right, so that that's interesting because I. Again, this is the idiom that, yeah. that uh, we read from a Western perspective, and That's we true. take it that they were talking about milk and honey is going to be a place. Of course, we get the same kind of thought that yeah. they were getting of, of food and, you know, yeah, provisions. plenty yep. and things of that is, nature. This is, once again, where the, 
the, the land will interpret the Bible if you will put it back in context. But we typically don't. We pull it out of context and put it in a different country. I mean, we, we get a land full of, of cows and, and bees as opposed to date <laughs> right. palms. Um, but, and um, locusts. And locusts, of course, and locusts. <laughs> and ravens. You've heard about the, yeah, raven, the ravens. ravens were. So, so much is explained, explained when you put it inside the uh, inside, we put it inside the land. I, Makes I, sense. That's, that's interesting. But when you said that, you know, you you, you kind of gave it a caveat, and I immediately knew I had to pursue to find out what that caveat was. Well, that's why Dave's here. That's, that's right. interesting. Yeah. That's, that's just interesting. Yeah. All right, 19 minutes after uh, 5 here on the Dave Ellswick Show. I just talked to Dave Lucas a moment ago. The uh, March 29th and 30th educational Social Security workshops are filled up. I told you we'd get to the point where you you couldn't get in. And, in fact, uh, the next time they've got some coming up in June, that's uh, so the next time you'll have to be able to do this. What you need to do is to call uh, over there at 501-653-6690 and get set up for these next workshops that are coming up. Uh, one on June the 1st, that's a Friday, and the second one is on Friday, June the 29th. Uh, the others are now sold out, uh, but to get on the waiting list for these, uh, you need to call now. And they're they're going to fill up fast, so uh, David Lucas asked me to uh, tell you to call now for June. So for David Lucas's Educational Social Security Workshops in June, that's June 1 and June 29th, 501-653-6690, or go to the website and go to davidlucasfinancial.com. All right, let me talk to you just a second about Arrow Plumbing. Uh, they are by far the most professional plumbing outfit I've ever come into contact with. And Earl has done such a great job of putting this group together and uh, offers different guarantees. For instance, there's the... 100% satisfaction uh, guarantee. If you're not 100% satisfied with the service that Aero Plumbing has provided, they refund all of your money. Now, here's one that you'll not hear from any other company, I do not believe. If their plumber, Aero Plumbing, smokes or swears in your home, does not wear the shoe covers, or has not been drug tested, you never have to pay for the service. And then last but not least, if a repair fails in the first year, they'll repair it again at no charge. That's the 100% satisfaction guarantee from Aero Plumbing. AeroPlumbing.net or on Google, just Aero Plumbing to find out the phone number and everything you need to know about Arrow Plumbing. All right, back with the Bible guys. And uh, do you have any more questions that you wanted to cover? There was there was a question real quick from you, uh, Scott. Somebody asked you a question. At, Red. Red. There you go. At, at the uh, uh, the Seder the other mm-hmm. night, and you said that you would answer it today on the show. Do you remember uh, what it was? Yeah. It was about the uh, about the ash on the forehead. Oh, that's what. Yeah, yeah I remember yeah. that. Okay, and um, 
is it okay if I come back at uh, after yeah, the break? Yeah, you can go okay, back. Okay, great. Okay. Um, I quickly wanted to. There's a, there's a question that was asked. I thought was quite uh, interesting. Someone sent me a question asking me what does the uh, phrase uh, "holy mackerel" mean? No, that's probably yeah. Jewish in concoction. Actually, th- this one is not. This no, one's it's still not. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, but um, the holy mackerel, the uh, the Catholics used to be referred to as mackerels. It was a uh, like kind of like a um, a disparaging remark. No, no. But what they they typically uh, eat fish on Fridays, right? And back in around the 1700s, um, mackerel became was one of the main fishes that they would uh, purchase. Okay. And so uh, because it was on Friday, which was considered a holy day for them, and they mostly bought mackerel, um, they were going to the shop to get themselves some um, holy mackerel. So okay. Hol- so. Um, uh, and and so they it, that's why it's called holy mackerel because it was eaten on Friday and predominantly it was eaten um, uh, on um, on 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 Fridays and mackerel was predominantly the fish that they would eat so that's where it got the phrase uh, holy mackerel that's from. In, that's interesting. There's always some really cool uh, reason for why something is uh, oh, yeah. the way it is. Yeah, yeah. And um, but um, uh, there's and there's one more if we have time yeah, for that one. Yeah, time. Okay. And this one was uh, this one came to us uh, from Pixie up in Alaska. Uh, and uh, she was asking about the uh, about the Hebrew uh, language. She re- cites um, a reference uh, 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 that the book of Matthew was translated from the Hebrew. And actually, someone writes and says they translated it the best they could uh, from Hebrew into um, Aramaic or into Greek, and then all the way down to us. And um, and the question was, is can we see Hebrew as being uh, a language uh, throughout the text? And the answer is emphatically yes. Uh, there's nothing Greek about um, our text. As a matter of fact, let me just give you a really quick example. Uh, most people don't know this, but the book of Revelation is the most Hebrew book of the entire New Testament. We have had a plethora of scholars trying to figure their way through this, and what they typically do is they take verses in the book of Revelation, go to other books within the uh, Christian scriptures and try to figure it out, and it comes up with all kinds of stuff. The book of Revelation quotes the uh the hebrew scriptures or the old testament some people would call it over 400 times there's only 22 chapters over 400 uh, quotes and citations from the book of revelation which means and the average chapter length in the book of revelation is about 22 or 23 verses but if you average 404 quotations and citations into 22 chapters you come up with 17 verses of every chapter of the book of revelation dealing with Old Testament references. There's no way on earth you're going to understand the book of Revelation without understanding it from a Hebraic uh, context. And as a matter of fact, all of the New Testament is that same way. There's a study uh, in Israel was led by a man who is now deceased, uh, and um, and I'm just all of a sudden I just drew a blank on his name. Flusser? Uh, David Flusser. Yeah, David Flusser uh, led this uh, endeavor, and they found that Matthew, Mark, Luke, the first 15 chapters of Acts, the book of Hebrews, surprisingly, um, uh, the book of James, and of course the book of Revelation. These books were written in Hebrew originally, and not in um, and not in Greek. So, if you add the, you take the Hebrew scriptures and take the Christian scripture and put them together, you find out ninety percent of the entire Bible, actually more than ninety percent of the entire Bible, was all written in Hebrew, and a very small percentage of it was actually written in Greek. And then, if you go into all of the other books that are quoting. From mm-hmm. the Hebrew Scriptures, that that goes up to more like ninety-seven percent or some crazy number. It's like it's, that. A, it's amazing, and so and just linguistically within the land of Israel, all the coinage 
shows that Hebrew was the dominant language. The Dead Sea Scrolls that were found show that 40,000 scrolls and fragments of scrolls, Hebrew. Only, only, only a couple of them were in Greek, a couple in Aramaic. All the rest of them were in Hebrew. It's, it's amazing. All right. We'll be back after Fox News. Going to bring you up to date on a few things, and then we'll bring you up to date on Passover when we return. All right, back with you on the Dave Ellswick Show. By the way, before we go on, uh, I just found out today, uh, Mickey Splain is a good friend of mine, mm-hmm. and uh, he and his wife got some some really terrible news. She's been suffering from breast cancer for quite some time and got bad news. And uh, she's going to have to go on uh, 100% disability. And uh, he just said that the, the latest MRI was not good. And you could just read between the words uh, what that probably means. So if, if you got time, remember them in prayer. Yeah, I mean, that's a, it, that, that, that's a tough thing. I, I've got different thoughts about that. I won't share them on the air. I'll share them with Mickey. But, uh, I, I, you know, I don't think that it's all that bad sometimes to know that you're maybe your time is short. Mm-hmm. We're all going to die. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the, our days, are, our days are numbered. Everybody has to understand our that. days are numbered. Although we're working so hard as, as, as humans to supposedly not die, mm-hmm. you know, now they want to download your consciousness. Oh, yeah. seems like to me, that's a form of death in and of itself. Oh, yeah. For sure. All right. For sure. With all that said, I'll just turn it over. Okay. Well, I'll go ahead and hit the lint thing and then we okay, can uh, move on. Um, Lent, uh, is, um, is, as most people probably know, Lent is, is a, it's a Catholic, um, institution. It's 40 days of fasting something. It's 40 days before, uh, Easter and, uh, Ash Wednesday is the Wednesday before the starting of Lent. Okay. And because you're going to be fasting something, remember in the Bible, they would cover themselves in sackcloth and ashes. Yes. And they would do that typically during times of fasting. So uh, the ashes that were put on you was a symbol of the beginning of your fasting period. Oh, okay. So it, you, they'd put them on you the Wednesday before the beginning of fasting 40 days before Easter arrived. And so, and it was actually one of the popes in the six, 60 something, 603 or whatever, is the one who made it a part of their dogma that you would put ash in the form of a cross on their head to initiate, to start the, uh, the fasting process. And that's where it all came from. All right. Yeah. So might be good that priests teach that because i bet you i ask most of my friends are catholic they don't have a clue why they put right the, the they probably don't know why they do lent either with the death of tammuz and uh um, <laughs> yeah. everything everybody don't know why they're doing that either so yeah, uh, i'm with you yeah all right but that's so, another show yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah let's talk about passover all right amen i'll turn that over to you well it's interesting that um uh, both steve and i had received the same question uh sent to us uh, and it was written uh, by a magazine called Christianity Today. And in there, they made the statement that the Passover that Yeshua, that uh, Jesus celebrated, was not in the form of the Seder pattern that we have today. Uh, and so, therefore, um, it should be uh, somewhat uh, suspect because they believe that the modern Seder, Seder pattern happened um, about 70 years or so later. Um, and then we, you know, we celebrate the Seder at your church. Yeah. And that's just obviously not true. Um, you know, at one point in the meal, um, what you do is you wash your, you wash your hands. And we saw Jesus from the scripture, Yeshua, 
washing not only he washed all of them he washed their feet as well uh, we saw uh, we know that in the seder they dip their 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 parsley dip their bread they dip all kinds of things but we see jesus dipping um when judas was going to betray him yeshua dipped he dipped twice he's doing dipping twice and of course they dip twice um we also see him taking a couple of different of the cups we see him taking the bread uh the cup of redemption we see him taking the afikomen um we see them at the end. the The Bible says that they sang a hymn when they finished the the Passover, and they went out. You sing a hymn. You sing you sing Psalm one thirteen through one eighteen at the end of uh, the Passover meal, which is exactly what they did in the time of Yeshua. He said a special blessing over every cup, which you do now. You know, you say a special blessing in the beginning. If you're praying over different cups, you recite the Hebrew. So. Everything we see in the Passover celebration that Yeshua did is reflected in the traditional Passover well, Seder today. I say yes, all but two, and you know because the the lamb bone is symbolic of the temple, of course, yeah. And then uh, and then the, the the roasted egg is is part of that as well. So they're only partially correct uh, in their disparaging or misunderstanding of that. But yes, yeah, Scott just perfectly laid out that the vast majority of the whole service um, we can see recorded in the quote-unquote last supper yeah only a couple things were added after the destruction of the temple and as steve said one of them was the the bone and there's 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 a lot of debate about the egg too whether it was from uh the temple period or if it came out of them from babylon or or what they had but it was most all of it happened with him so it doesn't hold any water that particular uh argument but passover starts this friday night and every christian should be celebrating uh, the feast of of passover Uh, yeshua said when he was with his disciples, he have he said, I have desired with desire to celebrate this Passover with you before I suffer. And then he went on to say, I will not celebrate this again until we do this together in the kingdom, in the Alom Haba, in Amen. the world to come. So that means that the feast of Passover is not terrestrial. It's not just bound to earth. It is, in fact, going to be going on in the future, in the future kingdom. Uh, the Makut Hashemayim, as the Bible says, the, the kingdom of heaven. It will can be continued to go on there because it is a perpetual thing with God. I would. Um, this is where my my new calmer state, less combative state. Mm-hmm. You know, if I was with the person reading the article, I would uh, say, "Well, then, why are you going to church on Sunday if you're not happy with traditional things that uh, are in modern times and those kind of things?" But you know, we'll just let that go and let them research that on their own topic. But if they want to start talking about tradition, there's a lot more tradition in in church tradition today uh, than there is in Jewish tradition. Uh, but I would like to make the point, I always like to to bring this up about this time of year and why we need as um, Christians to keep remembering this, because the Passover was not something that just began um, at the time of Jesus. It was a prophecy. It was portraying what was going to happen one day, and it even was told long before the story of the book of Exodus. That, and I sometimes I ask this at that life group that I taught two weeks ago. I ask people, can you tell the story of the gospel without using the gospels? Jesus did it when he met the, uh, the guys on the road to Emmaus, uh, and he was even teaching to all of the leaders, speaking out of Moses and speaking out of the Psalms um, uh, and the prophets. Can we do that? And one of the stories I like to prove that, that, the, um, that the story of the Passover even goes prior to the book of Exodus is going back to the book of Genesis. Uh, and I'll just use the, the story in Genesis 22. And Genesis 22 is known as the binding of Isaac. Uh, and we see there that God tells Abram, Abraham to go and offer his son. 
And it seems like a strange story. Why would God, who is against human sacrifice, ask him to go and offer his son? But there's so much that happens in that story that that goes on to tell what's going to happen one day in the future. And so when when he's taking Isaac up up to the hill, God tells him to go and look for the mountain and go to the place where I will tell you. And it says on the third day he looked and he he saw the place. In Hebrew, that is hamakom. And I was having uh, dinner with a with a non-believing rabbi about three months ago, and I asked him about this question. I asked him about. I said, "Hey, I said, how come when they went to the place, he said, go to the place that I'll tell you." I said, "But the scriptures don't record that he told him, but when he saw it, he knew that was the place." And he went, "That's the same thing." So he really didn't. He goes, "He he went to the place. He showed him. He told him it's the same thing." He goes, "But that's not what's important here." He goes, "What's important here is what did he see?" And he goes, "What he saw was hamakom," and I was like. Okay, and I had never heard this before. He goes, what he saw there, and that is, a, that is a Hebrew way of saying the presence of God. He said, sometimes when we pray for somebody, we'll say, may the presence of God or the hamakom come upon you and, and bless you and comfort you. And he goes, so what Abraham saw was God. And he goes, and don't even get me started about the third day. And I just kind of, I'm sitting there, this case, my, my mouth on the table going, I got this non-believing rabbi telling me about that on the third day, he looks to the mountain that David was going to buy one day, and he sees God. Of course, the rabbis will tell you that this is talking about the temple, except for when Abram, Abraham takes him up, takes Isaac up to offer him, and he stops and he turns and he sees the uh, the ram caught in the bush, and he and then he goes and offers that instead, and Abraham calls that place um, um, Yahweh Yireh, the or Jehovah Jireh is how we're used to hearing it, and that is uh, on the mountain of the Lord it shall be seen. It's a future thing, but this isn't talking about the temple. It's talking about exactly what was portrayed there. God asked Abraham to do what only God himself was going to do, which was offer his son. And what's really interesting is the rabbis will tell you that the binding of Isaac took place on the future date of Passover. So this was a prophetic event about what was going to take place, that one day God was going to offer his son and fulfill the covenant that he made with Abraham. And a lot of people forget that part in the beginning of in the book of Exodus when he says, I'm remembering my covenant. covenant yeah. What covenant? We're used to hearing about the covenant of Moses. He's remembering the covenant he made with Abraham. So when when Yeshua came and fulfilled all of that, he fulfilled the covenant that God made with Abraham and the promise that God was going to bring a redeemer through the woman. That's why we need to remember the Passover. That's just one example. And isn't it important for us to always remember it wasn't just his son. It was his only son. I think three times in Genesis 22 records, (laughs) take your son, your only son. Oh, right. I'm sorry. I got a call. Go for it. All let's right. go to uh, the phones. I got to put my glass. And let's see what we got. We got Avante from Little Rock. Avante, how are you? Yes, I'm good. How are you? Doing good. What's your question? My question is, it was really for a friend. He asked me this today at work, and I really didn't know how to respond to it. But um, the question is, if you commit, I know it's like kind of deep, but if you commit suicide, would you either go to heaven or hell because he, you know, he has like a family member that did that. And they all think they're all telling him that he went to hell, but he's like confused on where they go from there. All right. You listen in, you listen in and uh, they will answer that for you. All right. Hold on. Here we go. Well, um, that's one of those I put into the category of, I don't know. Um, because there are so many circumstances around why somebody will look that that is their only option. 
uh, whether it could be someone who had either a psychological problem, an abusive situation, or whatever their hope is, or they had no hope and they and they sought that out. Uh, believing in in um, in the blood of the Lamb uh, is what determines uh, your your uh, your location and trusting in the Lamb and how you live your life. Um, but no, I can't, I really come back to really no one knows that answer enough. It was somebody who was trying to avoid. Um, guilt of a crime or something like that or consequences for their actions and I can't see how they make it and uh, but sometimes I also look at this as unrepented murder and so it's really a difficult question to answer because I also know people that suffer you know suffered from PTSD or suffered from not just from war but also from sexual abuse and things that they could never and that was their only way out and so I I could never judge that situation and I would totally put that one in the place of God. Scott? Yeah, I think I would I would agree. I think that the because we do not have a specific instance where it says thou shalt not uh, commit suicide, um, what we do have is we have command thou shalt not commit murder. But what is murder? Murder is is sin. Now, if we believe that that you enter into the kingdom of God through your faith in the Messiah, even Maimonides said that the only way that you enter into the Alom Haba, the world to come, is by looking expectantly in faith for the arrival of the Messiah. So, if you do that and you have Messiah in your life and in your heart, um, and you commit sin, that is, you've committed murder this time against yourself, um, then the question would be, um, if it's sin, then does sin disqualify you from entrance into heaven? The answer to that is no, because everyone sins every day. Uh, You could ask the question, well, if I got born again, and then I sinned, and then two seconds later someone shot me, and I died without being able to repent of my sin, does that mean I go to hell? The answer, of course, is no. So it becomes a, a larger, as I think you said, it's a difficult question because we do not have a, a black and white statement. They're saying this is it. We have to actually read into this, which is called isogeting. You have to read into it. And you bring if you bring everything to bear, what to me it looks like is you have someone who is born again. I'm assuming this person was born again uh, and was living a life for God and uh, committed a sin prior to uh, their their death. I would say that sin does not keep you out of heaven if you have made the Lord the Lord of your life. If you have habitual sin in your life, then that's a different story altogether because you rejected the Lordship of Jesus. Uh, But like Steve said, we don't know, was the person messed, were they psychologically messed up? Were they insane? Were were they on drugs when they did it? Did they accidentally do this? Were they drunk? You know, there's there's too many factors, I think, for a simple, clear-cut answer. But I think at this point, the person is gone. You can't figure it out. Rest on the grace of God and believe that his confession of faith got him there because it won't help anybody living today in this family to, to be thinking along those lines. Right. I was going to say, there's there's whoever's saying it, there's absolutely no mercy or no love in saying that about someone who's departed. You don't know. I promise you, there there's going to be two things that happen when we close our eyes and get to the other side. We're going to look around, and there's going to be people we thought we were going to see we're not going to see. And there's going to be people we didn't think we were going to see we're going to see. Because you don't know the actions or the heart. Only God knows the heart of a person. And there are some people that have a whole lot of folks fooled on just because they can quote scriptures and wear a three-piece suit that their heart's as rotten as the day is long. So, All right. Let's get, a, let's get our final break in. When we come back, more about Passover here on The Bible Guys, The Dave Ellswick Show, 96.5 FM, The Answer. All right. Back with you here on The Dave Ellswick uh, Show. Uh, I'm just looking here. I'm not following some of the things that people are saying on Facebook right now, but uh, I'll try to pick it up in a minute. All right. I just got it. There's a lot of people talking. 
oh, good. on the Facebook page today. Great. So let's turn it back over to uh, Pastor Scott Stewart yep. and uh, Passover. Right. Um, one thing Steve left off saying, and in, in, in Dave as well, saying that uh, it was uh, his only son. And um, one thing I think is interesting to point out here is that actually when Isaac was born, God had two sons. Yep. Uh, Ishmael was born before Isaac was. So what is God talking about when he says, I've given you, you've given my, you've not withheld your, your only son, um, from me. And I think the, the take on that is very interesting. Steve, why don't you pick that up from there? The, well, it is, and it also gives us a little, um, uh, well, the, the reason that's very interesting is because, uh, when in Genesis 15, when God went out, <laughs> when Abraham went out and said, Hey, I don't have an heir. Uh, and he told him, he said, um, was it be Eleazar, my, mm-hmm. my servant? And he said, no, it's going to come from you, and it's going to come from your wife, Sarah. So the promise was given to Isaac, and so God wanted to make it very clear. It wasn't the thing that you and Sarah did with Hagar. This was going to be your son, the son of the promise. Right, the only son of the promise. The only son of the promise. Yeah. He was not the son of the promise. And then now that should give a little bit different take uh, on um, John 3.16 when God for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, his only son, playing on, again, back to Genesis 22, letting him know that there was going to be the only son, and it was the picture of what was going to come in the future. And that would be, of course, the only son of God offering his life for, mm-hmm. the, for the salvation of mankind. Passover culminates with the picking up of the cup of redemption and picking up a piece of bread called the Afikomen. And the Afikomen and the cup of redemption are the celebration of the, the fact that there was a death, burial, and resurrection of God's suffering servant, the Mashiach ben Yosef, the, 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 the son of Joseph, the suffering Messiah of Joseph, that was going to bring forth uh, new life to us. It's about resurrection from the dead, victory over death, an experience of being able to enter into uh, what, the, what the book of Jeremiah calls the, the new covenant. Uh, and that new covenant is birthed in the heart of men. And Yeshua was going to be used by God to bring that uh, to bring that about. And that that idea of the new covenant is so um, misunderstood. And the root from that word is actually means to renew something. And we have to ask ourselves what was renewed. And the book of Hebrews uh, that we were talking about just a little bit ago goes into great detail about that the new covenant is built on these better promises. And and those better promises are that we don't have to go. Uh, to the temple, to the tabernacle, to offer those sacrifices of the blood of bulls and goats. We get to go straight to the high priest who offered uh, himself. And the whole idea of the new covenant was to take the covenant of Abraham, uh, the covenant with Moses, and the covenant with David. He's got a land. He's got rules from Moses to govern that land. He's got a king to rule over that land through David. And that's what's been all culminated in what happened on Passover and the resurrection day. And that's why we need to celebrate this day and remember it, because it's not just some arbitrary date, a thing that just happened that this guy Jesus just showed up out of the blue. But this has been planned ever since Genesis 3.16, mm-hmm. where he said, from this woman, I am going to to bruise your head. Speaking of the serpent. Yeah, I, Katja is posting on Facebook. Okay. And, that's uh, strange. And said... <laughs> <laughs> When Abraham uh, put his son on the altar, he obligated God, in a sense, to honor the covenant to the same deep and valued extent. Mm -hmm. And then she said, they also missed that the law, Torah and Hebrew, is put in the heart as a key to that new covenant. That's correct. That's that's, uh, Gotcha. 
get some good deep stuff in mm-hmm. here from time she to time. Does. And she's a really young person. Yeah, she is. She's got a wonderful future ahead of her. She is a great, a great lady. We mm-hmm. we love her very much, and we enjoy her, her postings and 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 Pixie and don't get Angel her upset though. Caleb, <laughs> don't want to get her upset. I'm just saying. I'm just glad there's about eight thousand miles yeah, between us. Yeah, yeah. No, she's a great, a great lady. Yeah, she but really listen, is. I just like to um, encourage everybody, if I could. Um, this coming, um, starting Friday night, is the beginning of Passover. Passover lasts a week. Passover is the celebration of God's great deliverance for His people through His chosen vessel that He would send to the earth. Pictured a bit in the beginning by Abraham and his son Isaac, and carried out throughout time in, a, in the picture of of a lamb and a priest, and eventually culminating with the arrival of the Messiah offering himself for the sins of mankind, bringing relationship with God. If you have stumbled from your relationship with God, if you slid from that, maybe you acknowledged God in your life, Yeshua, years and years ago, and you've not really been in, walking with him, I encourage you this Sunday morning to come to Agape Church at 10 o'clock. We're celebrating the four cups of Passover with the culmination of the cup of redemption where Jesus, Yeshua, turns out to be truly the resurrected Lord and Savior of all mankind. Amen. So repeat after me, freedom. 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 There you go. (laughs) All right. We'll be back next Tuesday. The Bible Guys, Dave Ellswick Show, 96.5 FM, The Answer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.